Wonderful. That's one of our better ones. It, it has to be. So now, if I've done this correctly, we are recording on... Uh, we're recording on Audacity, all of us, right? And now I'm going to unmute the stream and we're going to see if we are going out live. Oh, this is exciting. So this is where the technology potentially uh, I heard Jason. is us I heard Chad. live on air. Okay, so it's working. I heard me. Okay, uh, we need to hear Yanko. Uh, yeah, I'm talking now too, so... <laughs> Oh. So everyone's working is what you're saying, Raj. Yeah, everything's working. It's exactly how we needed it to be. It wasn't yeah. it seemed it seemed like it being me, there should have been more technical issues. I think the images in the background are moving a bit too quickly, Chad. It's like every two seconds it's swapping image. Okay, so that would be the biggest critique you'd have right now of what's yeah. currently going out. It's gonna on get air. old real quick. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me see if I can adjust the time between the slides. What What would you recommend? Like a um, couple of minutes. What are the slides that we have going? Yeah, can you maybe surmise the slides for everybody, I don't know what I'm looking at. They're very <laughs> weird looking. Um, They're cool, man. They are kind of cool. Is it Is it us? Is it the art? Don't like of this us? one. Don't like this one. I don't even know who's in this picture. Well, these were just these were just uh, Rude, of course. you know. I, I, I gave I gave a very I gave a very wide scope. The scope was uh, it needs to say talk encounter somewhere, and it can that be it of does. anything. I think the abstract ones are very cool. Very very cool. Well, now it's not going to change for an unknown amount of time because you told me that it was changing too fast. So now I've just set like a random number because it's in milliseconds, and. Uh, that's where we're at. Here's a question. Right. Have we done the, uh, hey, the special talk encounter episode uh, is live on stream now? Have we made that tweet? Have we made that announcement to the world? Yanko made it. Yanko made a tweet. He I did just a... retweeted the tweet. Okay. And I made a reminder tweet two hours ago or something like that. Oh, my God. You guys are so on top of things these days. Yeah, well, we don't all have a hey, little human being to it, look after, Jason. I don't, me, think, Jason. I don't think I've ever set a reminder, like a, a scheduled tweet. I don't think I've ever done it in my life. Oh, I don't think Yanko made a no. schedule. Yanko, you didn't make a schedule. No, 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 no. Oh, you no, just I made just... a reminder on your phone or something? No, Jason. What is Jason I, doing it was right just now? just 2 p.m. and we're doing it in two hours. And I just, oh, okay. I'll just remind the people from yesterday, you know, quote tweet it, say, hey, reminder, this is in two hours. Okay. You know, you don't need a fucking program for that. It's just your brain working at minimum capacity. <laughs> I got exactly what you meant, Yanko. Russia, you, Russia, I want you to contribute early Hello? here. That way, that just getting report that uh, apparently maybe Jason too loud. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. But that's only a team speak issue. Maybe. Yeah, that, okay. that's true. Actually, yeah. Crank me down so a team speak. Crank me down. Yeah. yeah, I can just. Maybe I can just. That, I, can yeah. I can turn it down. I'm just keeping an eye on all the tech that's going on right here. There's a lot of cables. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're. What are you, the IT specialist? Kinda, I don't understand yeah, your role kinda, in all of this. Yeah. Well, Let's take Echo's job. We appreciate you, Russia. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, so what we should have on the screen right now, uh, and that's why Russia's here, not the reason we're doing this live, but uh, the, I, I guess the reason that we're doing it now, like we've just kind of compiled a bunch of things, we can co-stream the Dallas matches, right? And Cloud9 just lost to Astralis in a three-mapper right there on overpass the third map. It was, oh, the, the internet's gone wild over this one. Uh, and now they have to play Cloud9, uh, sorry, at OG for the last spot for Dallas at some point soon. So that's, and this is all meant to be live on the screen right now and not the artwork. The artwork will have to replace what was meant to be on the screen. So it's a placeholder. 
Yeah, precisely. Uh, and now that match, because of the nature of the previous game, uh, has, has literally finished within the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, we have 45 minutes to wait until uh, the 45. next game. 45. 45. I'm gone in three minutes, bro. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, just needed, I, I just wanted to see if you had a segment, if you wanted to bring Get Animated back. Uh, kind of. <laughs> well, not, not fully Get Animated. There has been um, some more uh, advancements, I would say, in the anime culture. I am going to post a little link down here. Hopefully it works for you guys. But there is a point shop on Steam. I don't know if you guys have ever looked at this. But there is a lot of very interesting anime moving profile pictures you can have uh, on Steam. That's true. You guys, Yanko and Jason, you may have noticed my anime profile picture in recent times. Okay. And I even and had to open it. <clears throat> and I was going to ask you, is that from the game <laughs> that you posted? I, I don't know time? where this is from, I've but I do know it's some from of these, the point store. I've looked at some of these games that these are from, and they are from those types of games. I will say that much. So this is literally get animated. Pretty much, yeah. Like, uh, So if you all want to pick one out today, I mean, look, here's my profile for some um, inspiration. I'm not a huge fan of the moving sides because it's a little bit too much, but I mean, you gotta you gotta get animated, you know. So when you do this, so I opened your your uh, page, <laughs> Rashley. Yes. So these two that are on the side, do they yes come on automatically when you change your avatar? No, that so that's uh, somewhere else in the point shop. There is the side like a uh, background I, basically. I have that. So if you go to if you find my name right on Steam Friends right now and you hover over my name, it'll open that card that comes up behind the name. That is a mini profile. I just so want to explain I've, this real quick. There's, I've got a matching mini profile and avatar yes. combination. There are technically two profiles. You have your main profile when you click on it and it's big, and then you have a mini profile. And the min you can even have like your own little mini profile background. Why does your avatar have her tongue out, Chad? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's provocative, Yanko. I, th I think it just really gets the people going. It is a little bit going. provocative. That's what I'm asking. I feel provoked. No. Yeah, and I think it's meant to elicit that response here, which makes some people feel a little bit uneasy about life. Um, but when basically, and the reason that this happened is because we were getting into some Counter-Strike 2 matches and we wanted to perform to our absolute best. Uh, so as a collective we all assume the role of anime profile picture users uh, and really delve down that, that rabbit hole. That's why we do find ourselves here today. Do you find that the anime profile picture helps you frag a little bit more? We find that what it does is it will irritate the confidence. and antagonize the opponent, which by virtue boosts your confidence because you know they're not completely focused on the the one true goal <laughs> on of headshot. Yeah. I'm not exactly. gonna lie, no one's mentioned it when we played against people. Not one person has mentioned it, which is kind of sad. But uh, I'd like to think it's more of an, an eternal struggle, you know. Well, for for us or the opponent? For the opponent. Okay. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It's, it's something that they really have to 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 wrangle to to wrestle because you guys have known Yank. I'm sure you've been out there playing a late night facer and you've rolled across you know these five anime profile oh, pictures yes. from cartoons you never knew existed and they you're mad before you even started bro i mean when when i was coaching still and we were playing gambit youngsters aka <laughs> cloud 9 like they they would not only have the five anime profile pictures like their names would be just like I just want to die and all that sort of. <laughs> Sounds like a CS yeah. player, yeah. You know, it's and it's like, wow, that's really dark considering they're only, you know, 13 at the time or whatever it is. So, yeah, I can see where you get it from. Then you also have Monacy coming in as Yellow Flash and all of that stuff. So, 
People are loving it. That's all the internet can really talk about these days. I see all of these are like 3,000, 2,000. I have 200,000 points. Yeah. I don't know where is these points come like, from, but same, Yanko. I've like, am I we like all the loader on that points. Like everyone has a lot of points. I think because we have like Steam accounts that have been around for a long time. And it's, is it something to do with the cards as well? Of it how is, you have, yeah, you I have can a lot of cards. trash them. You can trash them for gems, which I don't know if gems is different <laughs> to points. I honestly, it is kind of ridiculous the level of like uh, gems, man. Yeah, so, well, I don't know. I don't know where I got my points, but I'm basically a billion. Okay. So I points. need a so to be, you know, to be in alignment with the cool kids, Rashley. I need an animated avatar. I need an avatar yes. frame as well, right? Frame. I, I personally, I don't have a frame right now. I I feel like the frame takes away from the avatar. Wait, you don't itself. like my frame? Uh, I think your frame is okay. But, uh, my frame's one of the better frames. I was looking at frames, and I would like a very subtle frame. Maybe what like about the machine glitch, frame? The glitch frame. Let me see. Wait, does he have one on? It's That's very subtle. Does he Does he have one on? Yeah, he's got one on. Machine's got a frame on. Let me see it full size. But yeah, Listen. that's a nice frame. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't take away. It's just for those people who are only listening, which is everybody. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's the... It's the what do you say, like dripping? It's like uh, oil. The oil, yeah. Like, it's like dripping oil. And he has a pudge. And he has pudge as the avatar. Oh yeah, so. he had, did mention that he changed to pudge the other day. He was going for a Dota theme. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I think yeah, pudge is quite a scary character. Just, I think he made the hooker joke. Ah, uh, I see. Alex okay. just getting ready for another TI or something. Probably just does one event <laughs> a year. Makes bank. Oh, now he's you know he's a Dota player. If anyone checks his team page, oh yeah, he he plays Dota. I love Dota that. is fun though. I like uh, Jason. I think Jason, out of all of us, is the only like one who's gone down the League of Legends path. I think Yanko, you like Dota. I like Dota. I, I played League because when I was like a really nerdy gamer, like in my peak years, you know, Dota Two didn't come out yet, right? And and League came out, and Heroes of New Earth a little bit before that. So I was just like. You know, I, I, I do prefer Dota, but I mean, this game looks cool, so I just started playing it. So I played ranked and all of that stuff for, for a little bit, but as soon as Dota 2 came out, I switched. I actually, I, just, I, I have a soft spot for Dota, because back in the day, I, I'm assuming it was the same for you guys uh, where you were, Dota was like the fun game that everyone played outside of Counter-Strike. Like if you wanted yes. to play a different game, Dota was like when it was a Warcraft mod back in the day. Um, and I actually think Dota 2 strikes me as the better game, but it's way too like complex and complicated to just like hop in and enjoy a game. You know, like you, I feel like I couldn't just hop in and just have a good time. League of Legends is like what Riot does. It's their specialty. They just dumb it down so much that you can just kind of hop in and have a good time and, and call it a day. Yeah, Dota is way more punishing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And like, I, I don't want to have to worry about like creep denying and all that shit. I'm not, I can't do that these days. I'm too old. I got a crowbar in right now. Rush, I got to get you out of here. You've already understood. You're welcome. Man. I love Doa. You don't want to hang around and talk. I know I like that. The, it makes uh, it feel like I'm kicking you hook. out. The dragon I, claw hook. I want you to stay, but you don't want to stay for long. So I've got business I'm, to get done. Yeah, you've got to conduct some business in DayZ, mate. You've got you a phone call to Tokyo. <laughs> I've, I've had observing. Something, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, okay. You can't tell us what the phone no, call no, Tokyo no, no, is no. about? NDA. Okay. All right. New. All right. Fair enough. All right, thank you, Rush. Make sure right. you stop recording and then upload it and send it. All right, I'm going to stop recording and I'm going to upload it. Do I send it to Jason? Should I speak yeah, yeah, about this after? We'll talk about this after, right? Well, you can get ahead by sending it to Jason. You're like, um, 
what kind of fire are we talking here, Jason? What Get kind him of a WAV. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. WAV. Get him a Google Drive. A Google Drive dot WAV. Yeah, Send that works. The link. All right, sounds sounds good. Thanks, Rush. Google talking Rush. to me. All right, peace out. Peace. Bye. I had to work. I had to work really hard to get him just to come here for ten minutes. I didn't want to, Like I remember last time, he couldn't find a way in. He didn't want to interrupt the conversation. So I just thought I'll get him the fuck out of here, and he doesn't have to feel like he's a passenger. You know, he can go be a driver of his own life right now, and he can go enjoy a little bit more of his day. Uh, and I was thinking about something recently. I think it was what uh, Alex was saying this the other day. It, it was bringing up that saying of you know what was the last thing you did for the first time. Mm. Uh, I oh, just, shit. and I don't know, I don't think this is the first time, uh, but it's, it's the last new thing I can remember doing in a while. I have a lot of permissions here on this team speak, gentlemen. I created a whole new locked channel, uh, with even a fedora as an icon. And, uh, that's, that's where we find ourselves today. We have our own team speak channel called podcast studio. Ooh, I didn't even notice that, but it does feel, it does feel cleaner. Yeah, but yeah, it, I, I do think I you noticed. sound better, Chad. So it must be the <laughs> fedora. I played with the codec a <laughs> yeah, little bit, codec, you know. Yeah, I, I did all that stuff. So we're, we're now we're working in a, a private environment here. This is like our digital office uh, for yeah. having all things conversation. And uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's a warm location out here. It's safe. This is quite the team speak. This is like very much like a everyone hangout space for it's everything you need in here. Yeah, right now, just so people know what's going on, Rush the Ranger one two three four five six is here. Uh, we've also got I've closed some of the fucking channels. Fuck. Blair and uh, Machine were here, weren't they? Yeah, they I saw now. them earlier. They're still here. Yeah, They're they were here. They are. Oh, they are up there. They're up there and chill out one. Competitive dust too, man. Probably CS two players. Yeah, and then we got one of our mates we play with, Johnny. He's done there. He also edits videos for for ESL, and he. Uh, he was a professional Rainbow Six player, you know. There's not, it's not a, it's not thriving right now. It's more thriving. Harry and Hugo will be around later. Yeah, there are. That I can guarantee. Still, yeah, that's uh, Dinko likes to come on in. Yeah, uh, Henry G. You know, there's there's a lot of people who transit through here. Dinko messaged yeah. me the other night, Jason. He was just about to watch The Rock. Oh yes. <laughs> I remember talking to him about that in uh, Malta, and I was like, it's gonna change your life, my friend. Are we talking about the wrestler here? No, the, no. the Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage. It's a movie right it's now. It's an action movie. It's a. It feels like a classic. It's. A, I think Hans Zimmer did the soundtrack for it, uh, and it's epic. I mean, it's one of those '90s action movies where it's. It's Michael Bay you know, as well, isn't it? Is it Michael Bay? It probably might be. Uh, let's see. But the the point being, you know, the the plot yeah, is Michael obviously Bay. a little bit whack, uh, as you can imagine. Right, but like just the the actor, the acting lineup. You know, you have Sean Connery, you have Nicolas Cage, you have Ed Harris in there. The music is amazing, and it just you know, it's like one of those good time movies. You know, it's not gonna blow your mind. It's not Interstellar. It's not. But it feels the it's entertainment not void. But it's entertaining, man. It's uh, yeah. You know, like Alcatraz is the the venue, so you can imagine, right? Like a little bit of that, and I know I like those kinds of. Uh, movies i think people nowadays there's so much there's so many at this point amazing like tv shows and movies and everything that you know people want every single tv show to be i don't know the sopranos or the wire or you know game of thrones for someone i guess up until the last couple of seasons 
you know, they want to be blown away completely by the plot and the characters and everything. And that's cool. But those shows are like, and those movies are, you know, hard to make, man. <laughs> it's hard to come up with all that shit and execute it really well and, and whatnot. So I'm fine with, you know, some, I have movies or TV shows that I watch that are just, um, fun like i mean it just kills time you know like for example i love guy ritchie movies you know they're a, a bit of a different that's like snatch and lock stock and two smoking barrels but even the newer ones uh, the gentleman and uh, king arthur right like his take on king arthur and the way he did that like for yeah, me that's, that's super cool one, yeah. that's like super that, that's a fun like two hours to spend you know yeah it, it didn't further me you know, it didn't make me a better human because of it and didn't I didn't spend the next five hours thinking about it. You know, I just watched it and that's it. But it was fun. So I think people just The nineties action movie is a lost art. It's a, it's a, yeah, really man, like a we watched art. Face Off uh in Malta. Like I mean that's such a ridiculous plot line, but it's you know, there's a there's like fun times in there. It's kind of like I just watched I, John Wick and it, it's yeah. not going to blow anyone away for the scripting, but I'm there to watch like these sequences of people They're getting so fucked good. up. Yeah, and it's like it, it's entertainment, right? So uh, I don't know. I, I guess you can take it in a lot of different ways. I don't think I've seen that movie that you're talking about though, but I think that there's some good actors in there. I think Ed Harris is. He, Ed, was Ed Harris in uh, Westworld, Jason, that we were watching yeah. for a while? Yeah, 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 he was. He was the, the man in black. How deep down that Westworld rabbit hole did you go? Did you finish it? I think I got no. first, first season done. There was something with getting on a train first and season, leaving or First shit. season was good. Second season we started watching during our Australia vacation after I am Sydney. And I think we watched like right. the first two episodes together as a group. And I've never opened it after that, to be honest with you. Yeah, fair enough. It died. It died there. It died there for me as well. Yeah, it's yeah. just it takes it takes a lot, right? Like it's one of those shows you really have to pay attention to. I don't think it like grabbed me enough for me to like dedicate that much time to like following those kinds of deep storylines and layers of different things. Yeah, I I think like uh, a lot of shows start off good and then they just go fucking bad or weird. Like people haven't thought past the first like season or two. And a lot of these ideas, I don't know. It's it's uh, I wouldn't be the one wanting to keep them alive sitcoms are the um, worst for that sitcoms do like three like really good seasons and then they just like run out of jokes and then it just gets like stupid it gets like really silly yeah should we talk about uh i was trying to think where i wanted to segue us in here and i wanted to kind of give you some props jason i wanted okay. to give you so I, that that mongols jacket that you've got yeah <laughs> It's aged well. It's back in fashion. I know. Have you seen the news? I'm going to bring it everywhere. Uh, I, I haven't, actually. I saw a tweet from Bled this morning, and I was like, yeah, bro, I'll take all the Mongolian apparel, but I have no idea what it was about. So basically... The, the tweet he quoted was, like, deleted, so I didn't get any information. IHC players, uh, I, I suppose they've left the organization here. Uh, the former IHC squad will be competing at the aforementioned event as, as the, the Mongols. Mongols. Oh my lord, it's beautiful. I'm bringing it everywhere. Yeah, so you've really you've held on to everywhere? a really good piece of fashion. Maybe not everywhere. But yeah, you that's know, that's awesome. Yeah, just I be don't... careful where you leave it, Jason, you know. Exactly. I've I've had a couple jackets taken from me at, at various uh, events left 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 in places. That's unfortunate. But yeah, this one uh yeah, this one's a treasure. I don't, I don't think, because I don't think that was ever on sale. Like, I, I messaged the, the Mongols back in the day in, like, 2016 um, and just said, hey, I love that jacket. Can I, like, buy it? And can you bring me one? Because uh, they, they came to Columbus for an event, uh, I think. 
uh, and he just brought me one. So I don't think that's even like very widespread. Yeah. So you you not only do you have a piece that you've held on to, it's also quite unique. You you're really up in the world of Asian Counter Strike right now. But I'm curious, right? Like this is getting a little bit Counter Strike talky already. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna. You know, that's I don't, don't want to. I don't want to peak there early. But it's funny how this roster uh, like changed a fair amount already. Like we always thought Bartak was just a stand-in. Now he's just fucking there. Uh, Cabal's right. He was the he was the one missing. Score's gone. He's out. It wasn't by his own choice. Now they got this guy in his 24, Hasteka. What's what's going on? We this is where we need to get Blair on the phone. Well, didn't you know, they? Do a, we could probably get him in here. I can message. Yeah, him but right they have the whole issue of having to do this fucking audacity recording sync shit. I don't know how we're gonna do it from not the live portion. That's true. You're the you're the best. I could audio I could do it. Got, so I could do it. You could do it. I you think, think I it's could possible? do it. I think we just have uh, to we have to just clap when he gets in. You know. All right. Well, let's let's explore. Let's explore this option here for a moment. Well, maybe um, first we can just message him, message him to see if he actually knows anything about it, so that that's true. He I'll message him. Come in, and then it's whatever. But yeah, it it seems I agree with you, Chad. It seems like very strange, right? Like first it was just Bartek sending in for Cabal, who was um, I think he was having a baby, right? So he was on 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 leave because of that, and then score is just out. He had that weird Instagram message where it's like it wasn't my choice, so. That, that leaves you thinking either it's the org who wanted them out or the other players. And now that they are not, you know, that they're the Mongols again, well, he would have been back if it was the org. So the players didn't want him there. And he was like fragging. So that probably means it's, you know, something related to either his attitude, behavior, I don't know, pure speculation, of course. And then on top of all of that, uh, Kabbalah isn't coming back. Bartek's staying and Hastekas came in. So... A lot of changes yeah, just, for them, which is something you don't necessarily... I don't love that at all because they've just been making results, right? So, Well, yeah. this is the thing that we can do quite easily here is we can look at how that would look for a normal like team that we know a bit more about and their players and stuff and the way we'd look at that. I think uh, a part of it is we lump it into a region where we don't know what's going on as much. But when these moves happen in like better teams, we don't, we don't always know the reason these things are happening either. Right? It, it can kind of just happen and maybe you hear something behind the scenes of, oh, yeah, this guy was difficult to work with or, yeah, this guy, he, he wanted to go, he had he wanted to go do this offer or he needed to go be with his family or some shit. Like you never really, like with some of the changes, they can just be quizzical changes. So I, does this just, I guess for me, this just falls under one of those. Things are going well. You headed in the right direction. Why the, why the need for the change? Did you feel you hit your cap? Was he not like that, that's where, and that's where we start asking the questions of what happens. So. I wonder. I wonder if it's tied at all into the IHC problems that the org was having, right, with their financial issues. Those reports that came out a while back. So I'm wondering if like there's there's some things tied in that with the roster changes. Like I'd be mm -hmm. I'd be surprised if they weren't connected in, in some some way. Um, if we want to hit the hit the pause on this, Bless said he would hop on. Uh, he needs about five minutes to fix, fix finish finish short match. It's six to eight right now. I don't think bother him about it right now. This is the thing. I think we're already winding up the conversation. But if you if he wants to to stroll on by, it's just this whole sinking situation, Jason. Listen, last time it was a nightmare. I'd rather not do it, and we can bring him in for something like more. You know, like proper, some other time. substantial. Okay, yeah. so we've we've just. Vlad deserves more than five bit. minutes on this it's podcast. He deserves, you know, as Rush had get animated, 
something you want to bless spice bless it up, segment. you know, and then it's spice Blair it up with Blair. About, yeah, spice it up with Blair, and then he's talking okay. about how we're all a bunch of pussies for you know not being able to handle red pepper in our meals, and he eats I don't know dragon eggs for breakfast in India or something. He I can eat know. very hot food. Absolutely, it is. It is. It is confirmed. Well, for, I don't know if either of you. Y- yes, Jason. No, that was me. But <laughs> I oh. think just for, <laughs> just for the Mongols thing, it's like I'm afraid that it might be a movie star rider scenario, right? Where they've just had some actual success in a long time, and they've been fighting for a long time to, you know, have some good results, and then start playing good Counter Strike. Now they've made a couple of changes, right? So. Even if these players are good replacements, let's say, uh, it's going to take time for them to get to, back to the same level. And also, there, it, it's always, you know, we've all been there when you change players on your team and then you have to start over from, from the basics and from scratch. Like That's always like the things you need to do, but they're very boring and just getting through those motions. So, I, I don't know, I think this might be two steps back before they start making steps forward. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah especially, it's hard for the region as well. It's very possible, but also, I mean, it's, it almost felt like, I, I wonder if they'd already felt like maybe they hit their, their kind of ceiling because like they, they weren't making great progress. And even if they take some steps back, maybe it's now's the best time to make this kind of a, a change. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I think it's just hard. I think it's really hard to about. judge this stuff too because we don't know the players super well. Like I don't know how Precisely. I don't know how Azteca likes to play really at all. Um, so yeah, but that's one of the things as well. Like with I suppose more of the top European teams and even the top American teams, you kind of see the field of players who are available, and yeah. you get to see them play it. Uh, and and I guess you can as well look and see these uh, players play. But we're looking for how they match up against the best teams in the world, not necessarily local competition. If they're absolutely mauling local competition, right? Like going, I don't know, 30 kills a game, just fucking destroying. Yeah, okay. Well, then you know that this person is 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 very, very good compared to the to the region, right? But that's... Otherwise, much. no. Right? Like if they're doing that consistently, then you, you turn your head. If it's just they're getting through games, you know, they get, an, they get I don't know, 18 frags in one match, the next they're getting 24. If it needs to be consistent domination for us to really be able to measure anything. And even then, it's not substantial. So it's, that's the same thing with, I guess, Australia in a way, right? You only Most people in the rest of the world only really hear about the Greyhound guys and then maybe you see the LFO guys came and yeah. you see what some of their players have to offer and we've just had the uh, the Roosters come and we get to see what some of those guys were capable of as well. But you don't, people aren't really watching that all the time. So it's just it, with the smaller regions, that's one of the keys. There's not a lot of eyes looking for that upcoming talent, also not many opportunities for them to really show if they are any good uh, against the rest of the world. But it is what it is. It's, um, it's always a fun, exciting like storyline to follow there too, because like we ha- still haven't seen anyone from like Asian Counter Strike like really break into the scene. They've only ever like peaked at that point where they're just like a dangerous squad that can beat like a really like a decent team on the best day. They can beat like a good team in a best of three. They can maybe they can cause some Bo one upsets if you're not careful. But no one's ever like broken in to be like a consistent competitor. So every time like an Asian scene or an Asian team like kind of pops off like this in their own region and then goes and makes a couple decent upsets everyone gets you know jacked up we all get excited because we want to see an asian team finally finally do that yeah yeah i wonder if with cs2 uh if it picks up more 
in, in regions, right? Like if America gets a little bit of a reboot, if Asia and whatnot get a, a bigger influx of players, like if those things happen and it's not, obviously it's not overnight that these teams have just become better, but with more people or more eyes uh, on these on these bits and bobs, uh, then there's always going to be more players and there's more chance that you could catch some of, some of the better talent coming through. Um, I'm just like scrolling around HLTV now looking at all this online Counter-Strike that's been happening. It's fucking crazy. Like just how many online events have been going on at the same time. And it is wild that the, like I look at them, what's the, what's the difference between a Blast Premier Spring Showdown and like the IEM Dallas qualifiers? Because they're, they're both trying to qualify for you, you for an, an event, right? Yeah. There is none. That's basically the same tournament. <laughs> I think the key difference is like Blast obviously make it look better with their production for the event by having like the all the talent on site and stuff. And I guess the other thing is there's prize money for it. Um, whereas like with the Dallas stuff, it's double elimination and there's no prize money. But if you go to IEM Dallas, then you get the base level prize money, which I think is like 4K or some shit. But I think for the Blast Spring Showdown, it's like 20K. But otherwise it's essentially like the same thing. And it's online Counter-Strike as well. I forgot what it was like. We've been back in like a really nice... Um, We've been in a nice length of land, I feel, in like recent time. You know, we've been consistently going to land events. They've been happening. We haven't been skipping anything. The pandemic hasn't caused us any issues in a while. And now just like seeing online Counter-Strike again, it's like, oh, fuck. You just kind of, I'm reminded now. You remember how yeah. when, it was, when we only had online Counter-Strike, it was like, well, at least we have online Counter-Strike. But when you have <laughs> land CS, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Think about think ah. about when we had a mostly online circuit back in like 2015, you know, 2016. Like, yeah, we all said like we all had like the asterisks next to online, but you still got hype for the matches because that's what like all of Pro League used to be done online until the LAN finals. Yeah. There was a lot of online Counter-Strike back in the day that we got jacked up for. But I used to love like in Australia just to qualify for certain things, you had to qualify online. Right, and and that's you. There's still fucking intense playing in your how, bedroom. How bad are the pings playing from like Perth to Sydney? Is it? Oh, not good. Yeah, not good. Is it like yeah, East I don't know Coast what it is these Coast? days. Is it like seventy-ish? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, you know, talking seventy to ninety. Yeah. I, maybe it's better Depending now. On like, yeah. yeah, but it's it's pretty rough. But like, I still remember getting fired up in my bedroom. Like, you know, family would be at the dinner table eating, and I'm playing like a fucking grand final of some online event, getting fired up, yelling the boys. It's uh, there, there was there was definitely excitement there, but it is it is just harder because the game is essentially played differently, right? And some of those differences, the way like you're picking corners or holding angles, or uh, like when I I felt like I used to have some like armor when I had the lag, like I would be able to just go these wide swings, and their first couple of shots would just miss me, and then I'd just be able to just fucking mow them down. Um, I don't know if that still is mega prevalent today. I imagine it just sucks playing with anything that's more than. 50 ping and i i play on servers from malta right the best you can get is like 40 maybe 45 with good routing to germany which is fine but i feel like anything over you know 60 ping it's just fucking rough like you feel the delay because the game's all about like making those instant reactions and everything like that so when you get the i don't know how bad the disparities in some of these matches we don't get to see the pings anymore that's the difference when yeah. we watched online counter-strike back in the day you actually connected to the ip and you could see where everyone's pinging shit was i don't know what people are pinging there's no way to know that info, right? Unless they tell you. Or unless you yeah, unless, see what ser type of server they're playing on. Yeah. I imagine it's German most of the time. Yeah, I wouldn't know, actually. I don't, I don't know what the preferred server is in Europe? Yeah, I mean, usually Germany, but um, I think 
teams from let's say Spain that are playing from Spain or Portugal, they they would want France, right? Because it's more fair. I mean, for them, right? Like it's less bad for them. It's a little bit worse for you, but Germany is much better for you and pretty bad for them, something like that. But yeah, mo most of the time it's it's Germany. So but I think you know the amount of online games too. Uh, I think we, we talked about this uh, on one of the previous episodes, specifically with Cloud9, that they, I think they will benefit from this. Yeah. You know, and, and the grind, because when... Today's a test for them, though. Yeah, and I think, you know, they just lost to Astralis 2-1 uh, game, and I think that's just like... Well, now they've had to play almost every single day after being back for Pro League, playing in the yeah. playoffs, right? So maybe there is a little bit of fatigue at this point for that first game against Astralis, because I look at the stats and it's like Exile, lowest rated on Cloud9, 0.76 rating, 39 and 56, right? And especially on the first map on Ancient, which Cloud9 lost in overtime, is, you know, Shiro is plus 20 <laughs> with 152 rating. And then the next one is Buster with 0.9 rating. I mean, if, if they just had a little bit more uh, on that map, they would have won 2-0. And uh, I'm happy to see the Vice have a great series, great third map on Overpass, 1.74 rating, shit, 34-19. Yeah, so so that was good. But I think it's just, you know, they, they're going to be awake, uh, fully awake for the second series. And, you know, it's do or die now. They have to play against OG, right, uh, for the spot. And I think they have a big advantage coming into that series. So I don't think it's going to be an issue, but especially with Buster, you know, like just getting more reps in with him, him getting more adjusted to the team, right? And I think we saw a little bit of what Cloud9 was talking about, um, of some of the, the things that they've gained from adding Buster, uh, specifically in the grand final against FaZe, because you could see him struggle in some games, just have like, you know, sometimes you're just, in sh you know finding yourself in in shit positions si shit situations but he really does feel like a guy who's just you know always plays the same like he understands his role and what he needs to do and he's not you know you have players who if they're having a bad game they're gonna turtle up and not take risks anymore not buster he's still going for the place he needs to go for uh, they've praised his you know, communication in the mid-round, suggestions, helping out, all that sort of stuff. So we'll see if they can keep riding that momentum. Well, that's really. what's good about all these matches, right? I was just looking at some of the numbers here. Uh, so in the since, since they started the Pro League playoffs, which was on the 23rd of last month, they've already played 30 maps. So that's 30 maps in 10 days. So what we're averaging three maps a day, like nonstop. I mean, they since had to that play. I, I watched their games. They had the two best of threes in one day. You know, on two days in a row, they had to play two best of threes in one day. It's like also that that's something that's a little bit unheard of for you know a top five team, top ten team, a tier one team to have to play something like that. Did uh yeah. did you guys see that tweet about SDY? That was put out by Ellen Arc Jesus. Ah, yeah, you, you retweeted that, right? Yeah, SDY has played 137 maps since joining Monty at the beginning of the year in January. When he was in Navi, he was there for a year and a half, and he or half a year, excuse me, not a year and a half, half a year, and he played 79 maps. Like, it's he's played more yeah. maps in, like, two months than, than he did with Navi over six months. 
And there's definitely something like, I mean, it's grueling, right? When you have to play so many games, especially on the in-game leader and the coach, right? Because they're the ones who do most of the prep and scout the opponents. And also, I mean, just leading your own team. If, if you're the in-game leader, like being on top of what are the tendencies for, for this opponent? What, what are the things that, what are actually our tendencies? Because we're playing so many games and like, you know, you can't, it, it's lethal. You don't feel like you have time to make any changes, like any significant Yeah, changes. and it's, but, but it's absolutely lethal if you're lazy and just call the same thing again, right? That you call, you know, the same yeah. anti-eco that you've done the last three times you played Mirage, you know, they're, they're going to be anti-shredding for that. So that part of it can be really difficult, but also you just learn how to do shit on the fly, right? And your, your players learn to adapt on the fly and you're playing so many different styles that you basically seen it all, I mean, in an official environment, right? And, and your players just learn how to improvise and then you have more flexibility as a team uh, and, and as an in-game leader to make calls, right? Because you had to, in order to win some of these online games, you just had to do stuff on the fly and improvise and then, well, if you improvise the same thing five games in seven days, well, then, you know, it's something that's in your playbook. Simple as that, right? So, yeah. And I think we've, we've seen that even with teams like Forza in Pro League, right? Like having some good results too. So, yeah, I think for a team like Cloud9, definitely benefits them. I just saw the tweet from Heku. And I chuckled. She tweeted something like, you know, online Counter-Strike right now. Uh, and then it's a photo from Harry Potter. Why is it when something always happens, it's all, when something happens, it's always U3 and it's like Cloud9, OG, NIP. It does feel every time I check HLTV, these three teams, like two of these three teams are playing each other. It feels like OG, NIP played five times in the last month. It's funny though when you think about that, right? Because the reason Cloud9 are in the position where they have to play these qualifiers is because they're not uh, partner teams in some cases, right? Because like they're they're definitely good enough to get like an automatic invite to a lot of these events. Yeah. Um, but they have to like they don't get a chance to play in, in the in the blast stuff until the showdown. That's their only way to qualify, and they did. So they'll be going to Washington. So basically, they did what they had to do at the open qualifier to get through. Uh, and then for the ESL stuff, I, I don't know how the invites are distributed to different events, right? But it's like they were the team that won Dallas last year and now they have to re-qualify. And what, they're like a top, they're easily like a top, I don't know, eight team in the world, Cloud9, yeah, I cool. would say, right? So, but but that means the, the teams that they're down around, right? So the teams who are failing in the partner, the partner agreement events, which are NIP and OG, right? Those teams are not doing what they need to do. Um, then they have to play in these qualifiers and that's where you have the fucking sharks like uh, Cloud9 come in and mm. they eat them all up, right? So uh, I don't know. That's the thing for Cloud9. It would benefit you to, like, you'd be benefited by not, uh, by being a partner team, by not having to play these events and most likely get yourself through on, on the merit that you, you build by performing well. Um, or... If you don't stay a partner team, you have to play all these qualifiers, but you don't, like, I don't know. what. Maybe it's more beneficial to the players if what Yanko's saying is bang on, like it's better that they're keeping up these reps to put themselves in a more competitive position or maybe this is only good for now because Buster's just don't, just joined. So it's a good way to bed him in with a lot of different maps by playing, playing a lot of Counter-Strike and working out a whole bunch of different possibilities. And should you do that maybe once a year as like a boot camp refresher thing of online CS and you get to play against all these crazy teams like, is it beneficial playing a couple of online tournaments before going into an RMR? 
because going into an RMR, like you know you're going to be playing against some of these teams that just are, like, I don't want to call them one tricks, but they're going to have something that is going to work versus you and it's, it's enough to win one of those best of ones. And online Counter-Strike is probably the closest thing to that as opposed to like big LAN CS, right? I think it's very important what your team dynamic is. And like, I, I think it can be beneficial. It can be a good thing, especially if you had to play for a while without officials. But you need to have the correct mindset going into that, right? Like you, you absolutely don't want a situation in which you go in and, you know, you lose to a team you're quote-unquote, not supposed to, and then it wrecks the players' confidence coming into the RMR, right? Like, that's not worth it. Even if you wanted to, let's say, pick a map that you used to ban or, or, or let some different maps through, right, just so to uh, change your, you know, to, to make your uh, opponents think twice in the veto uh, at the RMR or something like that, it's not worth it if, if your confidence is shot. But if you have the correct mindset and... As a team, you talk it through and say, listen, guys, like we are going to play this tournament because X, Y, and Z, and whatever happens, you know, we're fine at the RMR. You know, we have a, a, a plan for that. We know what we're trying to achieve there and how we're going to do it, how we're going to execute that tournament. And then it, it can be good, right? Because for some situations, you just would like to test them uh, in an official setting before you come to play. Maybe you haven't played... You know, maybe you have this weird situation, which was maybe G2 or one of these these good teams where G2 was like playing four maps for a lot of the tournament. Or maybe it was a team at the major. Maybe it was outsiders at the major. I don't know. But where, you know, you know you're eventually... Yeah, you, you're eventually going to be tested on this map. And let's say you haven't played, you know, Ancient for three months. And now you have to play it for the first time in an official setting at the RMR, right? Or at the major, even if you want to talk talk about it that way it's like yeah of course you practiced it a lot but you know you haven't played it in an official setting in three months that that's always kind of weird feeling as a player and i mean for me as a coach too i never really liked that I'd, i i would have always sometimes even in the veto you know if you're if you are a favorite in a game you would maybe let that map go as a third or I don't know, just so that in a game where there's maybe not as much on the line, you can get it out of the way. So if someone picks it against you, let's say in the playoffs of a tournament, that's not the first time you played it in three months, which can be really weird. So I think it can be ben beneficial for teams, absolutely, but you need to have like a good mindset coming into it. It is interesting seeing like different teams' approaches and where they find themselves, like because there's teams in different places, right? Some teams are going to be happy to play a lot more and they need to ramp up. They need to get the reps in. Uh, I, I think NIP and uh, OG are examples of that, though, because their teams at the moment seem like they're all over the place. I was going to say, how much, how much of that is really hard to read into just because they all have such crazy roster of people at the moment. Well, yeah, but that's that's kind of the point. Is like in the lead into the the RMRs, everybody kind of like if you're phased, you probably don't want to play a lot because you don't want to show much of your game, and your game doesn't need to be that well refined. Your players just need to be ready, right? Like the Arsenal is stocked, right? They're fucking yeah. they're fucking full to the brim. They've got all, everything ready to go, um, but they just need to stay primed and ready. Where so would them playing more matches with the added pressure being, hey, your phase, you're one of the best teams in the world that you have to win on their shoulders be worthwhile? Well, probably not. Cloud9, they are a team who's 
pretty close to winning, right? They're a good team. We just saw them in the grand final. We know that they're a good solid unit, but we're seeing how quickly they can get up back to where they were, which is when they had Inters, and how far they can now push it that they have Buster. What is the difference going to be? So they have a lot of like proving to do now with this with this roster. Whereas like Phase Phase are good. Like they're ready and geared. Like G two are good. They're ready and fucking geared. Same with Heroic. Like I feel like they these are the type of teams who we are proven at the moment to be able to compete at the top level. Whereas a couple more who are now trying to throw their name into that ring. And this could be what does that for Cloud9 for some people, right? So I, I don't look at this Astralis result they just had as a bad result for Cloud9. I look at it as a good result for Astralis. I think sure. um, to be able to take down, and, and yeah, anyone could bring up the conversation of, oh yeah, maybe they're getting a bit fatigued and stuff. There's definitely merit in that. And, and as I just said, they're playing three maps a day yeah, for the there, last 10 wasn't days. There, wasn't there a breakout year during COVID when they played in literally all the online exactly, tournaments yeah. as well? Like that was the last That's why Yanko backs them. Yeah. That's that's why Yanko's the Yanko thinks this is a good move for him, right? Yeah. I don't think, and as long as they don't take the Astralis loss as a bad loss, then they're in a perfect position. I think it's fine that they lost to Astralis. Like Astralis are looking better. Just look at their just quickly, Jason. Look at their results. Like they they've had a good win streak up until the loss against Phase, um, and then after the loss uh, against Phase, they had another nice win streak right up until this loss to Astralis, right? Which in the grand scheme of things, in the win this OG game means absolutely nothing for them. Yeah, they still achieved what they wanted to achieve. And maybe some weaknesses of what they didn't realize were weaknesses were just shown to them, which is fine. Like if it is fatigue, it's like, oh yeah, we made some bad decisions, but if it's, oh, there was a gap here or we needed a way out of this and now they go and add something extra to their playbook, it helps them. So after the loss to IHC in Kato, they won seven best of threes. One, two, three, four. Yeah, seven best of threes so seven series in a row before the loss to FaZe. And since the loss to FaZe, they won another seven before the loss to Astralis. Like that, those are like nice streaks. Sure, there are teams in there like Copenhagen Flames, Godsend Falcons, Sync, um, I don't know, you know, Bad well, News Eagles, Voivoda. You know, like they're not all tier one amazing teams. But there's also some strong wins, obviously G2, um, outsiders, right? Uh, the one against Ants is, uh, Ants Ants is and looking Maus. like a strong win these days. <laughs> yeah, Ants and Mouse too. Those are all good teams, right? That, that uh, you're winning series. So compared to how it was, obviously in Katowice, much much better. And I think you can be, you can feel hopeful if you're um, a C9 if fan. If you're a C9 fan, and wanna, and I want to use this opportunity uh, to finish my analogy. Okay. It's C9 and the, the ex-girlfriend and the relationship, okay? Here we go. Uh, I'm going to bring it full circle, right? Sure, sure, sure. So as we were going, you know, and I, and I understand how this is going to feel shit because either no one watched Pro League or people who won't watch this or whatever. But with how it ended for Cloud9, you know, I was saying I'm not going to believe them again. You know, I've, I've, I've been failed before by them. I've been betrayed. So they have to earn my trust back. You know, that relationship was over. And then they qualify for the playoffs, and it's like, okay, this is where it all used to fall apart. Then they win the first series in the playoffs um, against Mouse. So I'm thinking, okay, this is a little bit, it's just, you know, they're posting the pictures, they're back in the gym, right? You're seeing all of that stuff. Eh, your, your second thoughts are starting to creep in, but that's just, that's the bait, right? You don't want to fall for that. That's just, you know, the first <laughs> step. Then the second one comes in against Tants, and you're like, well, first of all, that should have been someone like, you know, G2 maybe, but they've screwed the pooch, so they get the quote-unquote easier opponent. 
But again, they managed to win. It's another big game. That's two playoff series in a row that they won. Well, now I'm actually starting to, hey, wait, maybe they're actually changing. Maybe this is the that new person, <laughs> that that potential that was, you know, always in your head that you thought they could achieve, right? But now, now I'm in trouble, right? Now it's the big one against FaZe. And if they do, if, if they ended up beating FaZe, then all of a sudden, well, they don't need me anymore. They're way better. Like they're, they're past <laughs> me. I don't have, I don't have a chance, right? They, they saw league. they could do much better. Exactly. They're out of my league now. So, but with this, you know, the 3-1 loss to FaZe, taking a map, putting up a good fight in the series, right? I think now Cloud9 and me, we're in that good spot where, you know, maybe we can try one more time, right? Maybe the relationship can be renewed, trust can be regained, right? But as it always is, this is the last time, guys. I'm not kidding. I gave you a second chance. So what's the deal chance. breaker then? What's the, what's the deal breaker then, Yanka? There has to be a deal breaker, right? There has to be something where, you, you know, well, the, the change happens. The, and that's the GG no re. The, the deal breaker would be, you know, not qualifying for the major. <laughs> Let's okay. say. Okay. All right. Let's that's say fair that enough. would absolutely be a deal breaker, right? But I think sure. now I'm in a position where I can trust Cloud9 again. Oh, God. A bit by bit. So, this is this is you want to continue that analogy. This is where the, the friend steps in and is like, "Bro, you're going down a dark path again. We thought you were over this, and you're yes. going right back in it." Yes, probably. Yes, but listen, guys, you know the I, you know the story, Jason, but you don't know how they made me feel, right? Only I know. Sure, all yeah, the good yeah, and true. the bad yeah. parts, yeah. right? Because when you tell someone things that happen to you or your relationship, like they will only judge based on what you've told them and how you've told the story and obviously if you're hurt right like you're going to mostly focus on the negative sides and then when, when the person hears that what can they what advice can they give you besides get the fuck out of there you know that's yeah. a toxic relationship but i know there were some sweet sweet moments in there too <laughs> so we'll see well they they're gonna be they're gonna be playing og right no, like, yeah. I th like, did you like I, I that? Think, did you like that trip you took with me, Jason? Yeah, that got me in the feels. It's a scarring, scarring lane for me. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a look here, right? I'm, they're playing OG, who at the start of one of these online events, I don't even know which fucking one it was. And OG, uh, just to continue in this real quick, Chad. Sorry, OG is yeah. that girl that you know the only guys that didn't fuck her were the guys that were rushing to <laughs> catch a bus. <laughs> another serbian classic thing. I don't, yeah, yeah. Serbian it's better in its original <laughs> it's original serbian <laughs> in the, yeah okay well look at it, this og roster right they were they had nico standing uh sorry not smooya standing in the other day didn't they at some point smooya yeah. was standing yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to in one game yeah yeah um but that that's since been rectified they've won three games in a row they've been godsend a sink and uh, now they're going to be playing against. Uh, they won't beat it, Fnatic, and now they're going to be playing against Cloud9. Like, what's happened? What's the, the go with Fnatic, man? Are Fnatic just no good online? Like, what what is Fnatic's deal? I don't know what their deal is. Does anyone know what's up with Fnatic? That's like the the age old question. I have. Uh, I, you I have a have theory, a, Jason. I have like a scary theory that I think maybe oh, uh, no, maybe this is scary. Good. maybe they've hit the peak. Maybe that's this is. <gasps> Maybe they're just not not as high as we like. We all got really excited about this team because they look great, like really early, really quick, right? 
And I just, they haven't progressed past that at all. And like the results, like lately, have been disappointing to start this year for sure. Um, so I have like the scary suspicion that they've just kind of hit the limits of where this team, like Nikodos hasn't seemed like he's found like a consistent streak within the roster. I think, you know, I don't know. I just, I just feel like maybe there's a, there's a point where like we just have to say, we got excited about Fnatic quickly and it was warranted, but there's nowhere left for it to go. So. Do you think that could be tied to their performance at the major, Yanko? Do you think that could have there was a bit of overhype in that scenario? I don't think it's necessarily overhype. Like they played okay. good Counter Strike, right? I, I think the, the 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 burning question that still hasn't been answered is who's the best player on this team? Like, I feel like it should be star, Roy. Who's the star player on this team? Like who's the fragger? Who are the oh, main it's supposed fraggers? to be Fasher, I thought, right? When he was brought in was And I'm to gonna be, come like, in and say maybe Nico does, right? So that's the problem. Like the, the three of us here just named different, three different answers, guys. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that's no one has really stood out. You know, like sure, it's a team game and everyone's supposed to um deliver and all of that stuff, but you know, who's the go to guy? Like who's the guy that we look to, to make the big plays when the game is like close. You know, the, in the series, they lost to OG. Crims is the top-rated player. I love Crims, you know, always have as a, as a player and a, and a character and all of that. He shouldn't be top-fragging in this team. You know, like he's uh, objectively past his prime and he's more of a, su not support player, but, you know, like the guy to, the glue guy and fill in the gaps and someone you can rely on, but you don't you don't expect him to frag out game in and game out it looked like it was maybe messy for a while which is even weirder right he's the in-game yeah. leader he's not even in a position to to put up huge numbers right so i think that's a strange thing like i don't know if that's because maybe the style doesn't suit all the players that much maybe they can't you know find their sweet spot uh, well, Messi's, Messi's still relatively, I don't know, like, I would say young as an in-game leader. Maybe not inexperienced, but, like, this was never supposed to like be his thing. But doesn't it feel like their team lacks, like, an uh, identity in terms of how they approach the game? But, uh, like... I feel like because... they had one early. I feel like I felt like a, a style from them when they had their initial, like, burst that we were all surprised by. I felt like I could see some some fanatic, like, flair to it that felt like it was kind of this unique feature of them, but it's it's disappeared. Also, they they're, really, they're like, too default heavy to me. There are two kind of like rifle stars that we mentioned in terms of like Foster and Roy that might have to be the star players. They're both. I mean, I don't whatever stock you want to put in this. They're both old, ish. Twenty yeah, twenty-seven that's, that's and twenty-nine. The, that was the gamble with this team, right? I think uh, Mezzi and Nikodos are the two youngest members of this team, whereas Crims, Fasher, and Roy are. And yeah, you're right. Twenty-four. And so and Nikodos maybe two or that. It feels uh, weird calling them old, by the way, but like that is kind of like the nature of all these young stars that we've seen burst onto the scene recently. Yeah, he's he's twenty two. Yeah, but that's bang on, Jason. But that that's the thing. Like you need a couple of them for sure. And I'm not saying that they're aged out or anything, but I think that the lifespan of this team is like a short one when it can be successful. So realistically, like you would give this roster what it could achieve in a year is probably the best it's going to achieve, right? Like unless you get some crazy like spikes out of Nikodos and Mezzi. Like yeah. if, you, if you can even get consistent performances out of Roy Fasher and Crims, right? And then Mezzi and Nikodos like become like these mega late bloomers. But I feel like the the team, just by virtue of what you mentioned, the ages of some of these players, it, it is not, they're not going to give this this roster like, you know, two years you know, or anything like that. They're more competitive than the previous roster, but I don't I don't know if they're going to win trophies. You know what it is? Zoomers. You know what it is about this team that makes me not have faith in them is I, when I when I look at this roster and when it's in servers, I always have this feeling that like 
I'm looking at a team that's built out of like five really solid options for like role player for like the fourth or fifth player on the team, right? There's just like a there's just five of them that are that are like those just strong role players, but they're not the best in any of their positions. But that's what I mean about the identity. Like the players kind of define the way we look at teams. Sure, there's systems that are put in place. But when I think about um, when I think about Navi, it's obviously simple getting to dictate a lot of things with how he wants to approach rounds. That's like the attitude of the team, and then I can extrapolate that to bit liking to you know snap to some heads. He's got quite good aim. That's one of my identifying factors with with him and Navi. And then I would move over to Electronic, making these crazy aggressive uh, moves on the CTOT sides, making a lot of space and just being a baller rifler. Like th th that's the personality for that team right there. But I just compared them to Navi, and a fanatic aren't winning, so maybe that's like, I don't know what's, I, I know that Nikodos likes to take a lot of risks with the AWP, but it doesn't feel like he consistently gets away with it as much as maybe somebody like a Monacy. Yeah. Um, right. I think Roy, Roy was always like this really good, like, uh, I like, like, a, mop, a, like a mop rifler. Like he'd yeah. either come out swinging like all, all, um, uh, what, what's the fucking all bleached up, ready to give the floors a bit of a clean or, you know, he'd come in late, you know, he's. He's just taking a slow, slow left and right mop in a hallway with a with a muppet, a muppet, with a, <laughs> with, a, with a bucket and a mop. Um, that that analogy that I just made there, Yanko, makes no sense at all. Uh, but I, I hope that you an Aussie it. one, or was that your attempt at making up a Serbian one? This is me just trying to talk. Oh, okay. Uh, so you know, we always have that type of a, a, a drama as well there. But I don't know. I just think there's a there's limiting like i can i look at a lot of teams here guys like either teams really good at a certain map or like heroic has a personality uh liquid i guess i don't know liquid <laughs> i would i i know what the qualities of the team are i could tell you what the qualities of the individuals are but i couldn't tell you necessarily what the if the personality of the team was like chaos and clutch right like then yeah like when when shit seems fucked liquid will still make it work somehow but i don't know what like it doesn't I the whole thing doesn't seem like it's completely well put together. It's just yet. not consistent yet. It's just not like it's not come together and like glued in a way that they can deliver it game in, game out. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a. The, I, I'm just trying to look at all these there, different teams now and see what pops into my head with them. I mean, it's it's hard having. Uh, I mean, I guess I should, you know, it's just hard. Like, I can almost I I kind of know what it's like when they're when they're going into these online games and like losing. Although Paints had their number in general. Uh, Dude, everyone's international now, Jason. Yeah. Everyone's fucking international. G2, phase. I guess we won't count but I think Vitality. But for, for Liquid, it's like, I, I agree with you, Chad. I think for them, they have an identity crisis. You I think know? a lot of these teams do. It's like the problem is also in the, in the way they play a little bit, maybe not as much. I mean, they, at least they sound like they're on the same page, right? In the way they need to play, like they've accepted a lot of uh, things Yakinder brought in and whatnot. But I think it's more so the map pool, for example. Like, sure, they told us in Pro League, we never were going to have a seven map map pool. You know, this the, the, it was more against teams that like Permaban, Nuke or whatever, sure. But what I said at the time, you know, when they when they said this at the start of the year to now, I'll say the same thing. It's like, what what map... Are you like could be considered the best in the world or even top three? I think in the they're world. trying to make it Anubis, aren't they? Well, I don't know. They haven't played it as much towards the end of Pro League or um, playoffs. I don't know what. I think that's the problem, right? Be 
right? It becomes more limited the deeper like you go, the, I reckon. Their Mirage seemed good, like, at the start with Yakindar, right? Like, they had a good run on Mirage, so you were thinking, hey, maybe it's this. They beat FaZe on it a couple of times, too. Then they sort of just didn't pick it anymore as much because a little bit of it was Anubis, but it's hard to be the best team in the world on Anubis when it's a new map. Like, every tournament, someone will come up with something new. The meta is going to change frequently right because people are just coming up with things and then counters to things and then counters to the counters and so on and so on right so overpass it seemed pretty good for a while but it doesn't seem that strong right now you know like that's the problem ancient where do you where do you rate them on ancient their inferno has been piss poor it's probably their fifth yeah, their Inferno map, scares me right now. Which is, you know, a big problem because Inferno is one of those maps that are played a lot. They're going to be in the pool plenty of times. You don't really want to veto Inferno because everyone's so familiar with the map, right? Your players too. And I think that's the problem for um, Liquid, just, the, just their map pool. They need to get, you know, because usually it goes like this, right? Like you are really, really good on two maps, maybe three then you have like two maps that are you can play depending on the opponent like if a team that's really good on that map picks it against you you're probably losing it unless you have one of those games where either an individual goes ham or you win all the key rounds something like that and then you have like the worst map for you outside of the permaban where that's a struggle against probably whoever you know and that's not the same for all teams and, and that's, you know, not the case for Aaron, but that's usually how it goes, right? You, you can pick any of, you know, look at G2 right now. Inferno and Nuke, incredibly strong, right? Both maps, if they get to pick one of the two, that's probably a win in their bag. Then we saw that their Ancient seems pretty strong. Um, Anubis, not that many games. Like, that's a bit of a question mark, but they've, they've been winning on it. Uh, but that happens when you just play well with good individuals. Vertigo seems shaky. Uh, what else is their overpass? Does their ban? I mean, they've dropped Vertigo essentially from their map pool at this point. Like they haven't played in the last three months. No, they lost it to ends. Ah, you're talking about Liquid. I'm talking about G2, Liquid. but never mind. Oh my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, that that's that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, I, I I guess there's a lot of teams at the moment though who we can look at, and this is this is what I was thinking. They're in different teams are in different piles at the moment, right? So I don't know what because every team, unless there's no best team right now. Like I don't think there's unequivocally like a best team at the moment. I don't know if you guys think there's one that's better than everybody else, and you say they're going to win the major or what. But like I think right now the field is quite tight, and I think that a a lot of these different teams are kind of linked together by some of the the shortcomings like Fnatic, NIP, OG. Like we said identity was it you Yanko said identity crisis Jason that doesn't matter. But like those three teams to me, right, all feel like they have some form of an identity crisis whether it's maps or the playstyle not, you know, being the right fit to be able to to win in them. There's like a lot of different parts whereas like Mouse, they're an international team who feel like at least Oh, maybe we don't. I was gonna say at least we know who they are, but I feel like they, <laughs> I feel like they they know what approach they want a little bit more. So though, I feel like their highs are more like they can replicate the highs. Whereas I think some of these other teams, I don't know if they could. There's more consistency like in Mauser's gameplay for me. Like I think Ents as well have shown now they have a good base 
with Snappy, Madden, Dihar and some pies of how they want to approach the game and now they've plugged in Nurts who is delivering the frags that they need he's in like, the positions he's they like put the him new, in. the new Spanx. Uh, yeah, but basically, right? So, so, and I wouldn't say that like Liquid's in a free fall position or anything like that, but there are a few things that are detracting from them um, being in the, the like elite conversation. Because they're not in the elite conversation for me. Well, they have, the a, next... they have a big test this weekend. That's going to answer a lot of questions about Liquid. Or not this weekend, uh, with the RMR coming up next week. Yeah. Well, I think like that's obviously where most of the team's focus is going to go. That's another conversation to have with like the on-ramps to the RMR. Um, you know, how much of the preparation, how much is it you just like conserving energy or like, okay. So... They didn't qualify. Liquid didn't qualify for Blast Washington. Jason, you know, you would know better than all of us. Yeah. How much does that hurt? Like, how much is that a bad thing inside the org for them not to qualify for Blast Washington? Is is Liquid upset with that? Uh, they they better be. Yeah, I would I would think they are. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, the players are going to have to be upset too because I mean, this is what they've been asking for. This is you know what we've all kind of been saying NA needs is to have more events to get, you know, NA teams in front of their fans once in a while. And this was a big missed opportunity. Uh, you know, who else is probably pissed about it is blast. Like, you yeah. know, just as the tournament organizer is just like, Oh, our like headline North American squad. Like I would be surprised if, if I was, if I was the, if I was still coaching, I'd be advocating for us to still have to go to Washington and do like a signing session. Oh, come on, Jason. Now. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Come on, Jason. Now, don't be that guy. Yeah, why Jason. wouldn't you? Put him in. No, we get get him in. Like you still have a responsibility as the best, even if you fail to qualify, and then put him in a position where they see what they're missing. Now, that's obviously without having to. I no longer. Yeah, have bring to your take kinder in from Latvia to sign some shit. I no longer have to like. I'm no longer thinking of the sense like this is you know my guys just need a rest too. Like if I was actually actively coaching, I would I would more than likely just say. I'm not I would gonna, tell like, them to go fuck themselves. No extra travel, but <laughs> <laughs> the smart thing to do would be like, put them in the situation where you have to see what you missed out on. Where is Washington in the spree? It's after uh, after the major, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, after okay. Dallas. Okay, so we're talking about, we don't even know what version of the fucking game we're going to be on then, do we? It's going to be wild that time of year. After the major time is going to be the deepest, darkest, most treacherous water that Counter-Strike Realm has <laughs> felt <laughs> in decades. <laughs> it's going to be fucking dicey out there. CS2 is going to release more maps. People are going to be like, why the fuck are we still playing Source 1 when we know in a couple months' time this is going to be the full game? Everyone's going to be frothing. Everyone's going to be in there. It's going to be post-major roster shuffle. It's happening, boys. It's all going to be wait. happening. I can't wait for the next map to come out on CS2. I I'm think so also, well, this is the problem. The game is, until the summer, it's still in testing phase, right? So, you know, I, I don't think Valve will be comfortable enough to let it be played in tournaments and broadcast to thousands and thousands of people, right? Although probably for the TOs, shit, that was nasty by accident. Well, probably from the TOs uh, perspective, they would love to do it because it would be a, bring a ton more Headline, viewers yeah. for two tournaments that are, you know, probably not as appealing during that time. The summer is starting, you know, less viewership and all of that stuff. But yeah, I don't think we'll see it until... The second half of the of the season until it's officially yeah. out, and you know and how that, it is. Val might always just come in and say, "Listen, we need three more months to up to 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 make this game good, right? Like, to we we thought it would be ready by summer, it's not, and then they push it back, and that would suck, right? If it eats into the second half of the season, and then you have the first couple of tournaments on CS:GO, then 
mid-season it switches to CS2, like that's kind of sucky. That's what Simple, the first thing he said on the couch at Pro League was like, just make it a clean break. Yeah, clean break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's going to be one of the, the most curious things because I don't, I don't imagine the competitive Counter-Strike community get too much of a say in how that unfolds. They can definitely uh, have their input and stuff, but if it's ready, if it's ready, if it's not, it's not. So we'll have to... We'll have to wait and see how that one that one goes. I was just thinking, Yanko, when I'm looking at these names in the server, and we're talking about Cloud9 being grinders, and I know these guys didn't do it together, but don't you think like players like Flames, Neofrag, and Fiku all kind of came from those realms as well? Yeah. Before yeah, they made it onto our screens, so they're little grinders. They're they're probably frothing at the bit. Like they've said, "Yeah, boys, Rugger's coming. He's not going to." Said, "Hey, boys, uh, we're going to play. Two, we're going to boys, 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 boys. I got a fucking treat for you, boys." We're going to play two best of threes today. And don't you worry, lads. We'll get Mirage in both of them. And they're just fucking like ravenous dogs, just saliva going everywhere. The prospect of flames running around like a madman, one tapping people with AK on Mirage, Dexter pushing through connector smokes. Like, you know, they love it. You know, they can't, they can't get enough of it. I mean, it's a massive change, especially for those, some of the guys who come from FPL, even, right? Because. Uh, you just grind so much in that, like, especially FPLC to make it into the FPL. It's you know hundred plus matches, or I don't know how many you know close to two hundred matches a month. Does that, does that sound right? Yeah, I think it. I think it does sometimes, right? So you're used to playing so so much, and then all you do is sort of practice and don't have as many competitive official games, and it's just a, a weird feeling because you're not. Then you can put extra unnecessary pressure on yourself in the officials because you're like, okay, th these are so rare for us. They matter so much and I don't want to screw up so you don't end up taking, you know, you play more passive than you're used to. You don't play your own game. You don't play your own style and that's kind of productive. Uh, I've got a wild question here. Like all this talk, especially because we're talking about getting like reps in, we're also talking about a lot online games and stuff. And I was just thinking all those years ago, we used to have such an issue because players were constantly traveling to events, right? And they were never at home. And then we had the exact, like the, the polar opposite of that contrast. Oh, Shiro, that was nice. Uh, do, do the, the contrast of uh, having only online Counter-Strike during the pandemic and now being back to... It's a hybrid, but it's not really a hybrid. Let's say that, like, for these top teams, some of them don't play online at, at all. They just don't have to, right? That that never comes into their their remit. But what if there was like a way that? Well, I'm saying this. We used to have this. We discussed this already. It was how pro league used to be done. It used to be done online, because like when pro league would run for long periods of time, that was a period of time when people got to stay at home, but you were still also playing CS. And now online Counter-Strike, we're talking about the benefits of it, getting in more maps, making sure that you're feeling a bit warmer and more ready to go on certain maps um, or just in general with, with actual matches of CS. Um, it kind of feels like it has a twofold benefit other than the fact that online Counter-Strike leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth that it isn't <laughs> as pure as land CS. So then we well, just keep returning to that old fucking chestnut. I think to take it the opposite direction and take a positive spin on it as well, like you can say it's actually awesome. Like, yeah, these games are online, but it's so awesome now that there's so many good teams and interesting teams that the qualifiers are now extremely interesting as well yeah that's true like at least it's interesting like you can you can talk about it now it's not it's not the way it used to be so i think it's it's pretty sick that we have these things where it's getting this much hype i mean it's great for that the is true of yeah there's definitely I, i'm just like looking at some of the rmr groups now there's definitely a couple that are like oh what are they really going to do on land here right are they are they going to have any any bite to the bark um, and some of them will and some of them won't, 
right? The, the, some of the better teams are going to be warded off, right? They'll, they'll easily just be able to pat some of these guys in the nose. But somebody like Sprout, who's more of an established name now compared to, I don't know, a team like Into the Breach or Viperio, um, Sprout, considering their recent form and how things haven't really been working out for them, that might be some tough fucking matches for them, right? That's not a guarantee that Sprout are going to lo have lock-ins in those games, um, because there's, who else we get? Like I'm looking at what we should probably do is get all 32 of the teams in the EU RMR and like rank them from one to fucking 32. Yeah. Like it will get real dark down the bottom and yeah. we won't really be working with a lot of data, but it would be interesting to see like how we, we foresee this because there's been a bit more chat starting to heat up on the airwaves now about how unbalanced, uh, the EU RMR group looks compared to, uh, the A version, right? The B, the B one has heroic, Cloud9, Big, Ants, Vitality, NIP, Spirit, G2, Astralis, um, Fours are in there as well, um, and that can be pretty pretty scary group, right? Nines in there, which have been doing alright with Hades Boys, Eternal Fire. We know that they're always worth an upset. So th there's definitely conversation here that this group is wild. But I think another point of this is it only becomes scary because we're getting closer to it and now we can accurately measure up and see which teams are looking strong at the moment and which are looking a little bit more, uh, right? So it's it, when these groups had to be locked in this way, what, how long ago would it have been now? I'm not sure. So, yeah, it's... But also, it's I mean, when we ask players at like Pro League about like RMR groups, like some of them didn't even know who they were matched up against. Like who they were in the group with. I remember asking yeah, that during, does like, happen. the opening week, and they were like, "Oh, we have." I was like, "Oh, you're you got this team like is in your group, and then you're playing them in like th you know four weeks at the RMR next month." Uh, they were like, "Oh, we uh, we didn't. I didn't know that. I, I don't even. I didn't even know the groups were out." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, like for there's some Focus weird examples out there. Hand. There's some weird examples out there at the moment. So Cloud Nine have to play against Fours in the final of this Bet Boom tournament, which is the third online tournament Cloud Nine have been playing in this like just spree. Uh, they had to beat Godsent to get to this final. They were, no, uh, Falcons as well. So they were brought in in the quarterfinals. And then I think there's actually like decent prize money. There's $165,000 available yep. for this Bet Boom playlist, Urbanistic 2023 fucking. Let me read that again in case people aren't fucking. Bet Boom playlist, Urbanistic 2023. That's the name of the event. <laughs> 165,000 first place, man. I like Yeah, it. that's Pro a League, lot of Pro cheddar, League, man. Pro League was 200K. <laughs> that's fucking crazy so, isn't it right that's nuts and this is an online tournament which is meant that if if cloud9 are to win they will have won three best of threes in a row and the teams they would have beaten are falcon godsense and fours right fours actually beat vp and mouse on that spread that's pretty fucking and bad news eagles that's really good from fours that's like that's a great list of names to have if you're on your way to 165k damn fours out here doing work yeah, yeah fours looks good at pro league but just before we dive full into RMR, this is a little bit tied into it, but I want to close it off. The, the showdown thing and, and Liquid and, of course, Furia, because they ended oh, up... Oh, yeah. They lost to EG Black. EG um, Black. In the, first, with, in the first game to with Junior. With George. To George and to Junior, who, you know, obviously played for Furia for a little while. Oh, he and went that, nuts, didn't he? Yeah, he he went ham in the whole series, third map too. So for Liquid, the, the the scary thing is obviously I think it meant a lot more to them considering the finals are in Washington, right? And I'm sure they want to qualify. And the second thing is that's the second loss in a row to Pain. 
I mean, they 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 lost to Pain in the. Oh yeah, Pain fucked that. Obviously the. <laughs> Uh, playoff game in uh, in pro league, right? And now also in this um, yeah. qualifier for for the spring final. So that's worrisome for Liquid, right? Like you, I know you and me chat both. We really liked Pain and how they play that pro league. You know the brand of CS that they play, and 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 they seem like a well-rounded squad, and they're just likable guys as well. Whenever they were on the couch, right? But I mean. That's a team Liquid should should at least not lose two times in a row. Like it's fine if they lose to them once, shit happens. But two times in a row, also well, in a manner in which you know they had a good uh, a strong lead, I believe that they gave up. And again, it's new in there, you know. If one it's, more time. It's also like uh, it's also like the extra gut punch of being like if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about how bad practice is in in the Americas, like you can't. <laughs> You know, then these when you get beat by teams that have risen up through those scenes, and obviously the Brazilians seem different to a degree, but I mean they're they're also playing in the Americas qualifiers for things, so that's like the extra gut punch to your excuse in a way. Yeah, so so for me for Liquid, like that's a bit of a problem, and more than I would say for for Furia because of course the game was like during I was asleep, I wake up, I see these notifications on my Twitter. You know, Brazilian just so oh, YNK is like, oh, you must be so happy right now. And I'm like, what the hell happened? And then I see <laughs> Furia lost to EG Black. And I'm like, guys, actually, I don't care about Furia. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not I'm not emotionally invested in their results. I just think they should be doing better than what they are. And I was very clear about my, what I think the reasons for that are, you know, and then you see them losing a game like that. And also they were up like 13-6 or whatever on, on the last map. I think it was the fadeaway rush 2K yeah. that they ended up going for the defuse. And Furia doesn't win a single round from that point on. I mean, again, those are also some things that, that shouldn't really happen. On, on top of that, like they play Mirage, which was Furia's pick. And they win two rounds on T-side. Like, I mean, you know, like that's just some... Those are some embarrassing displays, you know? There's no other way around it. Like, that's the, you know, we all talk about EG as the worst Tier 1 team, and this is their second team beating you, you know, in a, in a game. And that, But on the other hand, I will say, you know, how much does Furia care about the showdown and, like, being there for the spring finals? You know, probably not all that much. And, you know, if if, if anything, this might be, like, a really really good wake-up call from them leading up to the RMRs. It's like all hands on deck, which it should have been by now anyway, but okay, let's say. Um, and, you know, if they if, if this has helped them wake up and put extra work and extra focus into their preparation for the RMR and then the major, like, okay, then in, 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 the, in the big picture, you know, they won't care too much about this result. But on the other side, if this is just... A sign of things to come and how much Furia has potentially deteriorated or fallen. Um, and if, you know, God forbid, they fail to make it out of the RMR, I mean, at that point, the cha changes are imminent. Like, there's no way you don't make significant changes to your roster. And if your only change is, like, minus drop plus someone else, then fuck off. Like, then you, you know... But isn't isn't it like so? This is curious. I, I, Fury didn't have a great start to the year with Katowice, right? It was disappointing there as well. I forgot who they yep. lost to. Let me go back and check, I but see. I know that it was. Uh, no, 
Uh, yeah, didn't they get knocked out by IFC in the plans, the last game of the plans? No, Big knocked them out. It was the Keto game where he had like a thousand kills, I think. Cloud nine, got, Cloud nine got knocked out by IFC. Oh, that's right. Holy shit, I forgot. Wow, that was this year. <laughs> what? Oh no, they what? got knocked out by IRC too. Yeah. Shit. Oh yeah. yeah, it was big first, then Boom, IRC. Mate. Holy shit. Yeah, you're right, Jason. Sorry. My All bad. right, so regardless, right? Whereas it go it's, either way, they were knocked out by a team that they a team of their caliber shouldn't have been knocked out by. Now they lost another uh, match or qualifier, and again, online counter strike. So once once again, we we know this is, is difficult to weight correctly, but it's more about I, I guess what it does to if the confidence of a team is already low and then they lose that game and it is to to eg uh in that fashion at that point um then maybe the team morale is like quite low it really depends on what expectations they set when going into that and i think that was important that you pointed that out yanko in the sense that if they don't really care about it then it's not going to do much harm but if the team really wanted to qualify and then they didn't make it. Uh, maybe they're all got, just got home and they're all jet lagged or whatever. There, there's a lot of different things that you could talk about as as reasons. But as long as the team mentally is okay with the loss, and I'm not saying it's ever okay to be okay with losses, but understanding the context behind it, then that um, that could that, that, also shape their are, destiny. I always found those were the super deflating losses, <laughs> like those ones where like you you go home and you have like yeah you are tired from travel and it is online. And you just get completely upset. Like those were always the hardest games because we lost a couple of them as liquid even in the online era when I was there. Those were the most deflating. It felt like. Should those teams though? Uh, no, nah, I don't want to. I know where this conversation goes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. No, but I just want to cut you off. Suck it back up. That's a really good point, and and it's and it is a different conversation. How much they, how much stock they put into the game. But here's the thing: when the disparity between teams is that big, like Fury are playing fifty percent, should be beating EG Black. No discussion about it, right? Like your your C so top game, A at the last major. Your, your C game, top four. Your C game needs to be good enough. Like mm. you should be beating them on your C game, which this tells us either that Fury didn't play their C game even, or that you know their C game is maybe just poorer. Not good than, enough. Then then we thought right, and I don't think you can go into like we've all. I mean, I've had tournaments like this where we don't really. You know, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't define your team. It doesn't mean much for your team. But still, we can't go in and lose to, to some noobs. I mean, okay, EG Black are not noobs. But I mean, you know, like, if you don't... If this tournament doesn't mean too much for you and you go in and you lose to, like, Pain or Liquid or even Imperial. But then again, I can make a case for Pain and Imperial. Those are Brazilian teams. You don't want to lose to the Brazilian team because you're the top dog in Brazilian Counter-Strike. Mm. Right? But... You know, you just can't lose to those teams because it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the brand, for the players, you know, and just as players and as team as, you know, is that really the way you want to handle yourself? Like, is that really the vibe you're going for in your team? Is like, I don't care about the showdown. Are you as Furia really in a position to not care about any tournament you participate in? Are you the number one team in the world? No. Are you top five team in the world? No. When was the last time you won fuck all? Ah, that's right. Never. <laughs> so you are a team that should play every single match to win not just to win but to dominate all uh, right you know? so maybe maybe they maybe they do care that they lost but then that's where you start going down the, the path of well if that's the case then they should be looking at making some changes because this team is, is not going to keep winning right that's how we get down that rabbit hole I mean, dude, I've said, I've said, uh, it's it's a year now that they've said that Art needs to go. 
right? And now I can just add drop to that conversation and that's it. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't want to sound like a parrot and just repeat the same things over and over again, but those are the two changes you absolutely need to make. And also not knowing the inner dynamics within the team, maybe the coach needs to go too because either he's enabling the, the art or he's letting it happen. Both are bad. So I think that's just what they need. They need a... A, a significant cut, they need a fresh start. I know Art's been with uh, Yuri and Serato from the start, and that's going to be weird and difficult and everything, but, you know, are you in it to play with friends or are you in it to win trophies? Serato doesn't know how it feels like to win a tournament. He does not know how it feels. Like a, an important, you know, a tier one, tier, tier two even Counter-Strike tournament on land. He doesn't know the feeling of lifting that fucking trophy. <laughs> Let that, that is, sink in. Let that, that sink in for about. everyone. He doesn't know. He doesn't know it. He's never felt that feeling. And he's been playing like a top three, top five rifler in the world without a doubt. In the last, not this year, not last year, probably last two years from this point on. If That's my feeling. Like mid-2021... He, he got really, really rolling. He's been very good for a long time. But last two years, he's been absolutely incredible. And look at someone like Cold, who they maybe are a little bit similar or, or, or not. But look how long Cold's prime lasted, right? Like the, yeah, the trophy winning prime yeah. and, you know, all of that stuff. Like, you're not going to play this good forever. So... You better have the right pieces around you, which is what Cole had for a while, and they were able to win a lot. Cole was very good even in, you know, he was still a very good player in MIBR when I was there. He was still pretty good, I feel like, in phase. Like, he, he could contribute a lot and do his job and help us win. But when the pieces around, you know, the pieces weren't always right around it, you know, so you, you do have some guys who are really good, and but then maybe you're missing one or two players or, or you need three more, four more months to get really good as a team. You, you know, maybe you don't have that time like we thought we had it and then COVID hit <laughs> and then everything went to shit, right? But that's the problem. You know, this shit, if you're a Furia fan and you're like, this will get better and we have Xerado. Xerado is not always going to be a top five rifle in the world. You know how insane that is? Like to have a player that good and then also Yuri, as sort of the complementary player to that equation, like you're wasting his prime, like you're running out of time. I think there's a there's a potential uh, there's a potential in-game leader. I'm not saying replacement in Fury now, but Yanko, you know how we're always talking about trying to build like a Brazilian dream team. Mm. I feel like Big Yazura has to have put his his hat in the ring for you know conversation for the Brazilian in-game leader right now. He's taken this role over uh, from PKL when when he left. Now Big Yazura is doing it. And the guy has a 1.14 rating, third highest in his team, uh, and is constantly contributing in all of their matches. Yeah, so, his right? curse is only that he's not as famous or not as known, and we don't see pain as often. So, you know, like that, that's the thing he's not as talked about. And I've also just been Googling, you know, their coach too, because he, Rex? Must, be, yeah, he must be doing like a, a, a good job as well. To help him out with that it's very difficult uh you know to to a player who hasn't really done the role before to get him into it especially if it's a strong player too so you want him to still be able to play well and contribute in the fragging department but yeah there's a there's a lot of names in there 
Yeah, I think I think it's one of these like this. This might become like a cycle, and it's something that we only get to identify while we're in it. But we know that uh, Swedish and Polish Counter Strike are either currently going through it or have gone through it. It really depends on what stages of their rebirth you think. But like of countries which we know can be really really good at the game, there's periods of time where that country isn't as good as it can be, right? And then eventually like the correct mix of players will come together or there'll be a new batch of talent that'll come through. Like I think we're seeing that a little bit with Nine at the moment, the the Polish guys with Key and Kyla or alongside of Hades. Like they look like they have some really good pieces there and there's a lot of exciting like Polish players that have been going for a long time. Maybe there's like one that's the missing piece of the puzzle, you know, who, who fucking knows? Or maybe this is like a team that might be finding some success. Sweden still hasn't been able to crack the code, but Godsent are showing like okay results, I guess. That's nothing. They won't. They really won't. Like, those, those two scenes, it feels like about like rebuilding over the past like two or three years. And this is just like, a, this is like the first step to like the recovery. Like, did you yeah, see I don't know if Brazil needs to rebuild. It's still quite furious in terms of the, the floodgates of talent. It's just yeah, about no, yeah, Sweden, putting them together. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, I, it's, uh, it's just interesting watching that kind of uh, play out. And I mean, did you see that? That what was the, there was another tweet the other day that was an IP and Fnatic for the first time in like history have played with like not majority Swedish lineups on either organization. Yeah, I like, saw that. Sweden is just like, just decimated with young talent. They've been talking about it for a while, some of the older players too. It's a bit of a shame, right? It's a it's a bit of a shame, but uh, I understand why they're doing it. They're trying to stay competitive quickly, right? They don't they they tried the nurturing the younger generation to see if they could get players up to snuff. They couldn't. But maybe that's half the the battle as well. Like some of these teams, we hear about it, the power of friendship and playing with my mates and coming, you know, and and having that bond of actually wanting to play with a group of people and grinding through. At the lower levels, I feel that's really important. Right, because maybe out of those teams, one guy ever becomes good enough to play at like a higher tier of Counter Strike. But as a team, you know, you're all trying to, to grow to that that goal. In an academy roster, essentially, you're there hoping you perform well enough in this environment that you can get picked up for the main squad. So, I I don't know. I'd love it if we could get back some fucking national teams, but I see why they don't want to do it. I I, I understand it. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Maybe and maybe that's another perspective too. Yeah. But maybe that becomes another problem for places like America, right? Who it's like struggling to compete. Yeah, okay. Well, guess who isn't? Twists. He's a very good player playing in a European team. And I know that he's Canadian. But my, my point stands that like if a Liege went to uh, a European team, for example, right? Where, where could we see him fit? What European team could he play for? Could he find like a lot of impact? It well, just the, sucks. We're, NAF is we're losing our- openly talking about it. You know, in his he is? he's hinting that, yeah, he's saying, you know, I want to one day play for a European team. He's just he's oh, said, shit. It, said it in like two or three interviews. Okay, yeah. that's a perfect example then. Yeah. That's scary though, right? If like everybody's just going to end up on international teams. I hope there is a I hope there is a pivot back at some point. And this isn't just the time with that World Cup conversation we're having, but I, I feel like... Well, you want to go into a deep conversation about it with, with Liquid? There's, I mean, what what's the problem they face like, in a world where they have some catastrophe at the major and going into CS2 organizationally do you switch into a european team or do you kind of bet that the north american scene is going to rebound because it surely can't can you know you have to make it what were you gonna say no i'm just saying like i don't if the if the north american scene is just going to be dead the way it is in cs2 then wouldn't you in theory from a business perspective want to switch into a european roster like pivot to yakinder as the center point of your team, NAF goes over to Europe and then you can construct a European... Like, wouldn't that be something you'd consider? 
Is that well? This is the question: Is there more success stories with international teams or more failed projects? Because right now, as I go down the list, right, I think G two is working. Phase is working. Vitality, yes and no at the same time. Ents uh, have positive signs, so they're on the up, but they weren't when Volda was there. Mauser also in that same conversation. Fnatic, OG, NIP in the opposite direction, right? Those three rosters, they're treading water, right? They're not. They're not making any ground. They're not right significantly getting better but they're there and they can compete at a high level. But I don't see those teams winning a trophy that's notable that like the, specifically. So uh, for me, it's like, okay, you might be onto something here, Jason, in terms of, well, if things are still fucked in North America for Liquid, then yeah, maybe they look to go international. But what the, the, some of these teams which are clearly not working and some that are, that's the punt, that's the gamble. And I guess you have that with a national-based team as well, but at least you're helping the nation. Yeah. At least there's that little semblance of fucking hope left in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd, like, lose, you'd lose a strong fan base as well. They're in kind of a weird spot. Yeah, and that's another pro- – and I feel that then that trickles down and it affects the grassroots of the game because and, – and I know I'm putting my boomer pants back on again and I know I'm fucking doing this more and more but I am only getting older by the second. Uh, but like the, the cool idea of playing in a local land cafe just as a guy – I went to this land cafe as like a fucking 12-year-old and I was playing Habbo Hotel and I saw people playing Counter-Strike. So I started playing Counter-Strike. Maybe I was 13 or 14. Either way, I was young. And then I'm playing Counter-Strike with these people and then it's like, oh, there's team Counter-Strike? Let's make a team. And then we make a team and then we're competing at local lands. And then I'm traveling, like I'm competing at, at, at an event at the land cafe I go to. And then I'm going to another land cafe that's like a 20-minute driveway and we're having a competition there. And then, oh, WCG qualifier rolls around and I go to the Land Cafe for, yeah. the, for the state, for Western Australia, and if you qualify there, then you go to the National and you get on an aeroplane. And, you, and then you qualify there and you go and you play in the big event with everybody else. That's, yeah, Chad, that's, that's old the good old days, that's old. That is some boomer shit, but I'm with you. That was, that was fun as fuck, just hopping in the car with like three guys and putting your PCs in the truck and traveling to the land. Now it's all fucking ruined. They killed Disneyland, <laughs> man. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is dead. But, the the, but the, see how that affects the grassroots? Because yeah. I used to watch the best Australian team compete at 3 o'clock in the morning on an IRC scorebot because Counter-Strike used to get my dick that hard that I cared about some guys who you know I could only watch with text compete on a map somewhere in the world in, against other... I wanted to see how the Australian players shaped up to other countries. We all knew that Sweden was the best. But, mate, one of the Australian teams one year, one year lost to a team from Kuwait. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, we, we're not even that good. Like, we got to get out training, man. Like, we, we, the only team we should be losing it, like the Americans, you guys were pretty good. The Finns were good, right? But, we, like, I thought Australia could have at least been in a bit of a conversation, but we, we, we got, we're getting beat. And we're still getting beat to this day, actually. <laughs> <sighs> but bring it back, man. Bring it back. Let the people well, experience that's still that. Hack, no? Dreamhack festivals are still, still there. There's a BYOC uh, element. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, I'm but sure that's they weird run because some it's kind these of... massive holes, right? So yeah. it's not as intimate as you would like. Well, the, 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 the Dreamhacks have intimacy. the Dreamhacks have turned more into like a trade show now. I feel like than than the tournaments they they used to be. They're like the event, at least yeah. in like the states. Like right, it's always paired with IEM Dallas. So I the cosplay the and that stuff. Yep, and then the and then the dream show or the trade shows attached to it. Yeah. Oh, reminiscing well. man 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the bummer that there's no again, like no no operators in North America. Like even Fragadelphia was the biggest one that had that kind of a vibe. Like Fragadelphia had that uh, for years, um, and they've just kind of hit the hit the end of the road. But now it's blurred, right? Like this is this is where this rabbit hole goes in my mind. Like back, even back when I was competing, we still had the reg- uh, we had the miners, right? At least that was regional, and you could prove you were the best team in the in the region back then. And now we're going to have RMRs as well, but kind of essentially being the same thing to that. But the Counter Strike is so much more muddied in terms of how international it is now. Like the only people on a regular basis who are flying are like what Cloud Nine, uh, sorry. Uh, like Liquid, Furia. The other ones aren't all going as consistent as those two names. Complexity. Like, cl- com- they will go, yeah, and I guess they get a couple more chances, but yeah, I, we're, we're, in a, we're in an interesting spot. It's not, it's not doom and gloom. It's all, it's all fine. Well, Boy, should we talk about these RMRs? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, what do, what are we thinking, Jason? You said you're, fu- you're fucking going, mate. You've got your face on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> you're what? one of the headline acts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, in Mexico. Yeah, Monterey. Well, let's start with the smaller ones, and then we'll do the okay, EU stuff, shall we? Okay, let's start off with the, with the most important things. Were you ever in Mexico, Jason? Yeah, I did face it in Cancun with you. Yeah, but I mean, outside of work. Uh, did you go to, like, Tijuana? Never been to Tijuana. I've always wanted to. You have some dirty stories that you... <laughs> yeah, the donkey shows down there. That was, uh, that was always uh, the advertisement. If you Is know. that the one stuck in the mud? Yep, it's similar. Um, oh, okay. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. My, you know, it was funny. I've talked to my parents about that when they used to live in California. They used to go down to um, Mexico. It's like a, I mean, not, yeah, it was like a two hour drive and they would go for the day and like eat shrimp and get a bunch of uh, fruit and just spend the day drinking margaritas and then go home. Like it was something you could go do. Now it's a little weird, but I don't know. I'm excited to be in Monterey. See all the boys. Uh, Scrawny and Launders and Maui are going to be there. Uh, and then some great Counter-Strike. Yeah, so well, let's let me take a look at this. Here. I'm just trying to bring up all this stuff. So, in the America side of things, Fury, Liquid, Pain, Complexity, Evil Geniuses, MIPR. Oh, the EG one is is crazy. They they got that spot, isn't it? I fucking uh, hate it. I hate everything about that. It. Cracks me up. That's there's something cursed about that happening. Yeah, uh, Zero Zero Nation. Even feel the roster. And there's so many names here that I. What is even the point about talking about half of these? Shouldn't names? you Flamengo. send EG Black after the uh, after the upset they just had? I don't know how it works that way, man. They yeah. weren't playing at the oh, qualifier yeah, right. with that team, yeah, right? That's one, yeah. So that's it's going to be curious what happens there. Oh, I didn't mention Imperial, did I? Either Zero Zero Nation, Imperial, MIBR. Okay, six teams can go. I don't even want to get stuck into talking about this for long. Like, no, there's not. It, a, it's a, yeah. why are we talking about this? Right, Let's we, talk do, about EU. No, but do we think anyone's <laughs> gonna like fuck it up? Uh, Furia Liquid. Well, it depends. I'm not Who gonna call it, locks? but I think I think the potential is there. I think Furia Liquid are probably the two ones that you really could count on of making it through, regardless. Yeah, of the rest spot. is whatever. It's a cool right? storyline, right? Like a month ago, we would have said Liquid and Furia are the absolute favorites, and now it's all up in the air. I mean, Pain with the way how with, with the way they've played recently and beating Liquid two times, you want to say that they should probably make it as well. But I can see them losing to in the best of ones to you know Fluxo easily. Is that their first game? No, they're playing against pa- some Paqueta team, Pasteta. <laughs> but, uh, Bruschetta? No, but it's a Serbian thing. No, that's a fucking. It's like pate, but it just sounds the name of the team. It sounds like <laughs> that fucking thing. I'm sorry, it's just so funny to me. 
<laughs> yeah, shit. I mean, in the best of we've fun, lost like, them. We, you know, we a team like Fluxo yeah. with Phelps and uh, Luke Halsey and VSM, right? Like Zeus as the coach, uh, they can do some damage. Imperial, they can make it. They cannot make it as well. I mean, it was a, a big thing for them to qualify for spring finals. Of course, when I said that they looked good despite being out in last place uh, in their pro league group, people were saying I was licking Fallen's ass. But yeah, what do I know? <laughs> it's a good question. Jason did it better it's a, anyway. It's, <laughs> yeah, the, sure it's the age old. Yeah, I think Fury, Fury and Liquid, even though Jason has some uh, warning signs to them, I think they still have to be the hard locks here. If they don't qualify to catastrophe for both those teams. They, they should be, but do you, do, would you count them as locks? They, yes, because if they aren't, the reality as I know it is upside down. Okay. But let's yeah. just say this. If Fury doesn't make it, obviously they're making changes. Like if they don't make changes, then I don't know. I don't want to talk about that team ever again. But if would Liquid it, don't it make it, the same? Do, they, yeah. do they make change? Because, you know, what do you, you know, what, what do you put it on? Like, what is the change that you make? That's kind of why I, I posed that question earlier about, like, pivoting to a more international EU-based team. Because it's like, what do you do? You have, like, a weird decision to make if you, if you bomb out of this one. And I don't know who they would... Here's the problem, too. Liquid, like, historically has never really been able to acclimate any of, like, the new generation of North American players into the roster. Like, the European teams have gotten very, very good at bringing young European players in, and Liquid either doesn't have the confidence in them individually or, I mean, has just never been able to replicate the same success they had on their rise. It's It's been, like, a really, yeah. really weird situation for them. So that's, like, a very damning problem of, of a team if you're not able to do that <laughs> then then you're just kind of stuck at a certain point, which I think is probably where they're feeling right now. Now I see what you're saying. And and I think that with that NAF information that you've you've bestowed upon us, I think interesting conversations alongside of the great migration to the Counter-Strike 2 will open up, right? This next major could determine an awful lot of scenarios, knowing that the major runway is a lot wider now. Teams have a lot more time to uh, at least discuss the ideas of, op of roster changes. Uh, and see which are the best directions to go in the future. So, look, any I think anything becoming possible with with what you've highlighted here today, uh, Mr. Jason Moses O'Toole. So I, I I like the conversation. I don't know that it's the best for North American Counter Strike, but it no, might be it's, the best hor for it's horrible for North American Counter Strike. But yeah, that's that's the perspective. That's exactly that. what you want, Jason. Like, imagine this. Imagine <laughs> this, right? If if in the scenario you're talking about, you say, okay, Liquid decide they want to go, uh, they want to go international. Well, they and we all know that being in Europe, it makes the most sense in terms of practice and everything like that. You don't have to travel as much. One reason why I live in Europe is so I don't have to travel all the way from Australia every single time. That's why I made the sacrifice of not living anywhere near my family and moving to fucking Europe because I'm insane. Um, but, you know, let's say you NAF says he wants to play for, for a European team where you keep your kinder, you keep NAF. They are two starting pieces. Shit, they can already both it. live in Europe. Bang. That was a nice round from yeah, Michael Hobnob. That was a great round. You got, you've got got NAF and your kinder. You pick up three Europeans, bang. Yeah. Uh, you, you make phase V3. Yeah. I think it'd be, I think it's kind of a cool idea going into CS2. But I, I don't Get know. Get Nazgul on the phone. Let's sell it. <laughs> yeah. Clip it and ship yeah, it. Yeah, can be the coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm only doing this if I'm the coach. Oh, never mind. Um, yeah, that, that that's going to be a decision they have to make. I don't know. That's just an interesting one. I don't all right, let's talk about let's fuck it. Let's talk about Europe. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so Chad is done with. <laughs> I'm not even talking about Asia because, like, the 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 thing that I will say in case there are any Australians listening, uh, there's a second Australian team there. It's now another one. 
right? This is another Australian team. This is called Vertex. You will know maybe two of the names. Malta obviously used to play for Renegades and has a came with LFO over that Pro League season. They're playing with Addict, PZ, and Brace. Uh, and they have Kingfisher, who is the old coach of Crowhound, coaching them. Um, and that that's about it. It's going to be a test for Greyhound if they can take on Mongols, Rare Adam, and Tai Lu, I suppose. These aren't going to be easy beats. Dude, fucking Davkost is there. Davkost is playing with face crack. Holy shit. What the fuck? Anyway, let's not stray too far Dude, from the beaten That's pretty crazy, path. actually. Let's get back to Europe. Let's get back to where everything feels, feels normal. Feels as it should do. Feels safe. Group A? Group A. Yeah. Group A. Okay, I'm gonna list. I'm gonna list some names here, gentlemen, oh, this and we can just talk is, about whichever ones we want. VP, Mouse, Fanatic, Navi, Phase, Sprout, Bad News Eagles, Bait or B8, Viperio, Into the Breach, One Win, Apex, Gamer Legion, OG, Falcons, and Saw. What's Gamer Legion been up to? I feel like I haven't heard their names since the, the doing a bit of losing. Okay. Yeah, hasn't been a lot of winning. Uh, been, been there you go, Jason. Now you know. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. No, well, that's the thing. You Actually, would have heard more about been, them if they were winning. They've been like doing a lot of winning. It's just they always lose in like the finals of like these uh, these smaller tournaments that they're in. And but, people only care if you win the whole enchilada, Jason. And at, we that, know that. At, that, at that stage, it's the headline of winning the event that gets you up there. I see what you mean. Like in the European Open Qualifier for Dallas, they lost to Epic Dudes <laughs> after beating Falcons. Falcons. And Epic Dudes, it's five Germans that you've never heard about. I beat. think they had server issues. I know Kios was tweeting about some server stuff. Um, so, And I have seen a lot of people talking about uh, the... ESCA uh, client as well, which we have spoken about on this very show before uh, and our opinions on what they should do with it. So they're uh, crazy. You should go listen to them. I, I just, I liked, I liked Game Religion at the last uh, RMR. That would have been uh, sweet. To, I, want, I wanted to see like the, the excitement around Acorn Suhi uh, just keep going. Yeah. Um, well, there was a bit of groundswell around them, wasn't there? Yeah. What else is going on over there? Uh, I mean, that's a that's a crazy. That's such a that's a scary. These groups but it's are not insane. as stacked as the other group. The other group's much more like in terms of bigger names. The other the other group is a lot scarier. I think someone like averaged out where the where teams were ranked in the world. Let's stick with this yeah. one for now because the team that Gamer Legion is playing in their opening game is Apex, and that's Jaykem. You get to see Jaykem again. He was really Ooh. good, man. In uh, those Renegades hundred teams teams. Uh, um, a very solid rifle. Yeah, yeah. Stiko. I haven't seen him in a in a while too. Uh, Knock. Knock. He He's was back. the opper for NIP before they brought in Device. And then you have JL, the the Lithuanian, who's been in some of these different international teams for a while. And Kixan, the Macedonian, he was the part of that Blue Jays roster with Kakanito as well. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. I think he was the in-game leader for them, so I'm not sure if he's in-game leading this. Team. Yeah, he's in-game leading here. That's why he was brought in. He's doing the he's doing the leadership stuff. Like Stiko tried it for a little while, wasn't his cup of tea. Uh, Kixon is is the man in charge. He's the guy. And they the also shots. Um, they also have Kuban as the coach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He came over to this project. I think alongside of JL. I'm not sure if they came at the exact same time. Yeah, the Maybe line. he came they first came and then brought JL. Right. Yeah. But uh, they, 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 I think that 
they fall into a similar similar category for me as like Apex Gamer Legion. I'm I'm gonna say this even though they probably should be one. Nah, oh, they're a rung higher. Apex Gamer Legion, Bad News Eagles, a Sprout. They're all in like a same bucket for me. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, to s- back. I forgot about that. It's yeah. Sprout. But things haven't been going well. Yanko, take a look at some of the fucking... Take a look at some of the fucking matches. Man, it's not fucking... It's not pretty. It's not all sunshine and rainbows out there. It never is. You need to, you need to take an L before you can, you can really appreciate the dub, you know? They've you played 25 before, matches. Before you walk. walk yeah. Before you run. They're getting back into it. They're getting back into it. I mean, when was his last match competitively... Before this proud thing, did you? Uh, he would have played some stuff in Oz for like encore, but in terms of like proper Counter Strike, uh, European Counter Strike or yeah. NA for that matter. Yeah, well, I think we're talking with Extremum, which was back in like October of twenty one, right before they got dropped. That Extremum clip was like a weird, yeah, roller coaster, wasn't it? Yeah, then yeah. they lost to EG in the NARMR for Stockholm. And that they didn't have enough points because of that one match, even though they were way higher in the previous RMRs, and that kind of ruined the team. Screwed, screwed the pooch, some might say. Yeah, I don't know. I, I put them all in a similar similar basket, that bunch of teams right there. As like There is a good opportunity that these teams could qualify. Um, they're kind of on the fringe. Like I think VP Mouse, I wouldn't say Fnatic are a lock at all. I think Fnatic are very beatable. But the thing with Fnatic is their default style should beat a lot of the the minnows here, right? Like they should be able to put away like a Into the Breach or a, a Viperio or a one, even a one win, which has like Boomich. Boomich is back, boys. Nickel, actually, Boomich is oh, back shit. with some fucking backup. He's back with Nickelback, Forrester, Travis, and Deco. So he's he's not he's not back on his own. <laughs> he's back he's back with some some boys. The boys have come around. So I think Nickelback uh, is doing the in-game leading over there, and Boomich is just just doing just looking looking for frags. Um, but Forrest is good. I think Deco is good. Travis has had his moments in the past. So there's, got I don't know. There as the coach. That's not yes, oh, I mean, he's, he's worked with Entropic to. Uh, Forrester was on that team, Nickelback as well. So he's familiar with some of the players on the team. I think Hooch is probably like good to deal with some of these, you know, where maybe someone like Deco who is a little bit infamous for having maybe an attitude or whatever. And I think Hooch with all his experience and just the type of a guy he is, he has no problem telling him to shut the fuck up and do as he's told, you know, for example, which is sure. what you really do need to say to some of these younger younger players uh, every now and again. So yeah, that could be interesting. This is the thing about this RMR is so wild for Europe. Like there's so many teams and then the fucking best of ones, dude. Like <laughs> that that's the thing you can't underestimate, you know. Not only the best of one in its own, the psychological effect that playing a best of one has on the big teams, on the favorites right coming into the matchup and just as the matchup develops right there's so much pressure because in a best of one any little mistake you know one and one loss to pistols can turn the game on its head and you might end up losing and put yourself in the hole and then because of you know your seeding or whatever your your valve ranking points 
the zero one game is actually against a pretty good team too and then you can lose that in like overtime you know like the smallest of details and then you're in a zero two hole right and sure you get to best of threes but you know like the mental toughness man is probably more important than your than, than how you're going to play because you are going to play good like if you have good players you've been a team for a while like your counter-strike is probably good enough at this point to win the problem is if you don't play your game because you're feeling too much of the pressure and you're playing not to lose instead of playing to win, that's exactly what happened to G2 at the last one, right? At, at the Rio RMR. If you guys want to go back, watch those games. You will see how the how pressure looks like on the server. And then you go and you watch G2 play at the Abu Dhabi tournament or in Katowice, and you will see it's two completely different teams like in, in how many moves they're making, how they're being proactive, and how they're playing to win instead of not to lose. That's I'm all just there is to it. I'm, I'm thinking with all this you're throwing out there, Yanka, right? Like the best of one, uh, this, this, and I, I kind of think in the bigger scheme of things, this would be the one event every year. Well, it'd be twice a year technically. But this would be the event that you would want to be the event that fucking takes two weeks. Right, that like if it meant that you it was best of threes for every game, and with this caliber of teams who are here, because the matchups and and how tight it is, like last time round, like you got bait here in this group. Last time round, they were they made it to the two two match yeah. and lost to Gamer Legion in that game, right? And Gamer Legion made it, and they were making waves. Like we were we were paying attention to Gamer Legion. We we're like, oh fuck, like Gamer Legion. But these guys could have made it, and we could have been talking about fucking Wrinkle on the AWP and Captain Kirk. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Ka Ka is it Kurtka? Anyway, Captain Brutka. Kurt, get him fucking out there. He's out. He's out there fragging. Like he seems pretty handy to me. So we could have been talking about different teams, like with with one game of difference here. And because this is the most hype, because we know that everybody had to qualify from some point of like earning it. They weren't like grandfathered in, or they weren't like brought into it because they're a part of the team. Like I would love it if the RMRs took two weeks and every game was a best of three. It was fucking. It's it's the most cutthroat. Most like the major. Do we all agree that it's the most important event of the year? Is the major? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then by that logic for all players, I don't mean just for like the best players and the best events, the second most important event of the year would have to be the RMRs. Well, no. Would well, for because, high well, for high tier players no, but for for like everybody if you put but yes. everybody down to their base level, then it would have to be the RMRs. Yeah, it's yes. certainly going to increase the importance. I, I understand where you where you're going with this. Like yes, as a stepping stone to the major Yes, but you well, know, yeah, because it's like disconnected from the major, right? So it's it's standalone. And I know you had to qualify to get there in different ways, but it's essentially a standalone event, right? Where your trophy is being in the top fifty percent, right, or a little bit less than that, but right, like because by qualifying for the major, this guarantees you money. And if you're not a team who's a partner team or part of a big org, like not only does it mean you can compete with the world's best, you you make a payday. Um, so it's like for, for the every man, it's a really important part of the circuit every year. Even if you go into the major and you bomb out, right? Like you now have your name in the lights, your players who are being spoken about, you have, if things continue the way they do sticker and signature money that is coming through the door, like it opens up a lot of avenues for you as an individual and a, and a team potentially. Like if you're a really good individual and you're on one of these rosters and it's like bait, for example, and like, let's just say captain, Old, old boy captain, he fucking rolls on in and he just shreds. And Navi are like, well, you know what? MPL's not fucking working. Let's get the fucking captain in here, right? Like, that's just a hypothetical, but that it can springboard so many people. 
that for, so for me, I'm just let's make the let's make it fucking two weeks long. Make Are, the RMRs two weeks long. I can't agree with that. Wait, so, so every <laughs> game's best of three. You don't want you don't want best of ones, right? We're gonna have to make the event two weeks long to get your best of threes the whole way through the Swiss. It's the only oh, way logistically Yanko I can make it happen. Watching Viperio playing into the breach in the best of I three. But or... I can't I can't do anything about it, Yanko. We gotta we have to the game has to be played. Yeah. I see. I you see I, like I think from like, go on. No, but the, it's just like the format is still off. Like the major circuit is still off, right? Because we shouldn't have to make that choice, Chad. Well, but is is it though? Like I like that we're talking about how cutthroat this this qualifier is going to be. Isn't it? Isn't that a good thing? Well, yeah. it's going to be cutthroat because the format is unfairly skewing into the favor of the lower tier teams. Well, but that but that's the thing and right there. I'm not there. only saying this because of the fact that it's a best of one and, you know, you can snowball. Also because what makes an, a good team good, one of the things is the depth of their map pool. But if you if you put it down to a best of one, I mean, you don't have to play three maps the whole tournament if you don't want to. I mean, not the whole tournament, but, you know, in, in the best of one phase. That makes it way easier. Like, that, that hides some of your flaws, right? I mean, imagine if, if G2 could play... You know, if every best of three series they can get Nuke and Inferno, I mean, they're going to win a lot of tournaments. No, I know what you're saying, but the thing is, you 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 brought up format here as a limiting factor as to why there that it be it could potentially be more cutthroat, right? So let's remove that limiting factor by making every game a best of three, but we can't get that done in the same time frame of four days. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I so, mean, when I'm I'm going to just be selfish. It's what I want, <laughs> which is no best of ones. It's more days, so people who work it get more money. <laughs> the only ones who, you know, get fucked by it are the players, and it's yes. about time those motherfuckers start getting fucked. So, you know, oh, actually, the players will love it too because they won't be out by losing best of ones. So, everyone wins. The only yeah. per, the only people who lose are, I guess, someone from the schedule because it's longer than it's supposed to be. So maybe the TOs but th suffer is, but a little bit, but. And but this is what I'm saying, though. It's the most. It's in my mind with, with the structure that we build right now. It's the second most important event in the whole in the whole calendar year, right? Like in terms of the gravitas it has on what it could possibly mean. So, when you think about it that way, let's say that it took, I don't know, fucking seven days to run a 16-team best of three uh, Swiss bracket, right? Like let's say it took it took did I say seven seven days? Whatever it is, but. The, the biggest issue we have is like the tier's like, well, there's no way to monetize this. And uh, okay, well, you probably can't slap the sponsors on it in the same way you could, but then we're doing something wrong because by everything that we've explained, it should be the second most exciting amount of Counter-Strike people watching a year because of what's on the line. So I, fucking, I think we got to make people, we got to make people see that. There's nothing more cutthroat than a small team like Saw going up against fucking outsiders oh, and how close that Inferno game was. Why do you have to mention that? <laughs> but that's, that's why. Because so of the emotions it evokes. That's pain. That's, that's like Counter-Strike, man. Pain is yeah, but don't you... that situation. And also because outsiders know they're going to fall apart and Yikinder's going to leave and they just... Don't, don't, doesn't, don't, isn't it better having... like Don't those moments come along more often? This is... I mean, I understand all your points from a Counter-Strike point of view, but don't those moments come along a, a lot... A lot more often if you make it best of one and you give the, the lesser teams a little bit more of an yes. advantage like having a handicap so they do. i actually i'm just gonna say i like having these best of ones to start the rmr 
Oh. I don't mind it at all. I actually really, really like it. I like those. Russell Crowe. Are you not entertained? Like there's, there's, there is so much more intensity and there is so much more potential for failure and it is a huge deal. And I think that's, I think Chad, your thought that these are just like the set, like uh, the second most important events. I think you're not wrong. I think you're just a little bit early on it. I think they will get there. I think they're building up to it now because we have so many good teams and we have so many good storylines coming into them. And I think eventually the, it's going to catch on to that. But the TOs are, are very focused on their own products. So these sometimes don't get that love they deserve. But I think the nice thing about it is since these are open to the to the community often as well, like there's there, you can get so many more so much more creativity from different creators and different parts of the scene involved in this. So I think these are going to build up organically their own way. I think you're just a little bit like maybe a year ahead. I, I, okay. I think also I'm going to play devil's advocate to myself. OK, <laughs> here we go. Say, Actually, the best of ones might be a good thing because look at, again, G2. Look at what they did to G2, right? Like, they've understood why they've lost some of those games. It's because they, you know, the pressure affected them too much. So they understood that they need to find a way to deal with that shit. Like, the pressure is always going to be there because of one thing or another. So you need to find a way to sort of harness that instead of letting it affect you in a negative way and... They've managed to do that, and they're playing, you know, much better CS. They won Katowice. They're, you know, one of the best teams we have at the moment. Like they've unlocked their potential essentially thanks to that. And sure, uh, what makes a great team is their map pool and you know the depth of the map pool. But also, what makes them great is fucking playing well under pressure. So, if you're a really great team, then you need to have a way. You know, you need to be able to deal with the fact that it is going to be best of one. It is probably going to be, you know, it, it, it's going to be a little bit more difficult if you don't get rolling or if you have a really slow start. But that's just the reason why you need to be that much better at not starting off slow, right? At hitting the ground running, at always playing to win and not playing not to lose, right? Because it's very clear when you watch a best of one happen, you know, and, and an upset happen whether, you know, this team just got a little bit lucky and, you know, won a lot of key rounds and, you know, whatever. Or, I mean, did they just play with balls and the favorite was playing with no balls? Yeah. And if that happens, if that's why you lost, well, then it's not really the best one that's the problem. The problem is your mental game, right? Like, why did you play like that? What's yeah. the reason for it? Oh yeah, but yeah. there's so much on the line. If we're yeah, well, that's your problem. You, you, and that's competition. Exactly, that's literally right? competition. Like I think that's one of the keys here is like I, I think you could even make an argument that the top tier teams coming into this in a best of one environment, well, no, you the, it is true have all the advantages over lower tier teams. Sure, you can make the argument for the lower tier team to go yeah, but they can just be like random and they can play with no fear. Well, they're trying to gain a lot when the top team is trying to hold on to a lot. You're already paid very well in a good org. And if you're in a good org that's a partner team, then you're already guaranteed events. Whereas for these other teams, this is literally their Super Bowl. We use that when we talk about smaller teams at like a smaller event surrounded by big teams. But like for everybody else who's not an established team or player yet, it is their fucking Super Bowl. And I love the fact they get to swing for the fences. Like it's the same thing with like notoriety around my team was beating more established teams as a complete underdog squad. We definitely weren't making anywhere near as much money. We didn't have the same resources and stuff available. We couldn't play in those same conditions. But, you know, we, we got a couple of upset little maps on, on, on the board there. Um, and I, I like that story, and I think everybody does. And then you're bang on, Yanko. If the top players who are getting, 
you know, paid very good money uh, are having a hard time being able to show up when they need to, mate, it's like when you're doing the deed. Sometimes if that motherfucker ain't working, there, there can be problems. You can take pills for it, but maybe it's just there's some shit in your head that ain't right at that time. You know? <laughs> you're thinking about something you shouldn't be thinking about. Or you know, you got some other shit going on in your life and the soldier ain't coming to work. You know, So that's the same in competition. You got to make sure you can show up and compete when you have to compete. And like, I don't know, look at fighting. You might go into a ring as a better fighter and the other guy just hits like a, well, not a lucky punch, but... You know, everyone's got to punch his chance, knocks you out. You were the better fighter. You lose the fight. That's it. You KO. GG. Okay. Well, we just I think people ourselves would... in the best of ones. Let's yeah, do best of ones. And it's and it's also <laughs> it's, it's also the fact you know um, just because let's see let's pick some let's see what are the the matches let's pick something good you know just because heroic is a much better team than five hundred doesn't mean heroic is going to beat them. 50 times out of 50, you know? Like, that's not how that works. Like, just by chance, you know, some one time out of 50, probably way less, like one time out of 10, 500 is going to beat Heroic in that best-of-one game, right? And all they needed is for that to be this time, you know? In, yeah, exactly, in, exactly. In that game, like, you know, and actually that's like a pretty upset team. Ships is on that team, you know, Dennis Law, like those are some of the newer, Dennis Law, Rain Waker, those are some of the newer, quote-unquote, guys coming from that scene. Bulgarians have always had, like, even from the get-go, you know, decent upset teams. You go back to HSBG and they were playing under the EFRAG name for a little while, you know, Victor Dreamer, Bubble, those guys, Pie Leader, right? So... That's probably if you're heroic. I mean, heroic is one of those teams that's very good at not getting upset, right? Yeah. Because they they because of Kadian and their style and leadership, and he doesn't let them relax, and they're going to play to win no matter what, you know. But that's also the point, like why why it sometimes happens. Like sometimes they're just bound to happen. Yeah. Round thirty, yeah. of course. Of course. Well, it, this is the this is the thing. Always going all the way. It's it. it, Nico's been playing a wild Shira game. Right there behind him, like they're all there already. Shira's like. only died eight times, Janko, and we're thirty rounds deep. Twenty-eight kills, of course. Holy shit! He's only died eight times, and it's oh, they've won it. Of course they have. They have, and to. of course they have. Eight, uh, In exile, of course. Have. He's he's awake by now. Had his coffee. <laughs> Dude, OG picked Mirage. I mean, they have to. They've been picking it a lot. And they've had I guess they don't really have a choice, but it's against the Cloud9 who are what? Like, what are we talking Two, four, seven in a row? So eight in a row now on Mirage. Mirage. Yeah. I mean, just tells you about the limitations of OG and their yeah, map pool. Well, and that's Another what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, so where were we? Are we still on RMRA? Well, I don't know. I just wanted to... I, I, I did make a note of this and I wanted to read this because when I read this myself, I didn't really talk to anybody about it. I would love to hear what you two think of this. All right. This was to do with the uh, trophy announcement with the with the Blast Major. I don't uh, know if you guys saw the trophy that was being voted on. Did you guys you guys you catch did. it, Yanko? I saw I saw how it looks. Yeah, the two versions and the okay. slime and yeah. Now <laughs> we can have a conversation about trophies, but I don't I don't really care to have a conversation about trophies. But I will humor one. But what I did find interesting, and I wanted to ask the opinion of you two on, was uh, in the little in the little release that came out with this this trophy situation. Um, there's a quote here, and it says, "Is it Faye Faye Mar Marlboro, head of creative solutions at Blast? I think that's I might be mispronouncing that there, but that's that's who this is from. If majors of the past have gone right, we want to go left. 
We are pivoting away from the hard lines and angles the audience traditionally sees at majors and moving towards softer lines, curved edges, and playful imagery. It's going to be really fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it says. That's 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 exactly what it says. Well, okay. isn't isn't the main part of that trophy the blast logo, which is a triangle, which yeah. is well, they, sharp they, edges? <laughs> well, no, but they've dulled the edges. You see, with with the goo. But my my question is, what does any of this mean? So nothing. If majors of the past have gone right, we want to go left. They're they're trying to give like a different experience that hasn't been given before, right? And they're trying to create like a, a new vibe. I guess they just want to find some ways to to make this major pop like stand out from the rest. I would imagine. Yeah. So this is With this is that's things. where it takes it for me. So I'm like, okay. So what elements of the show? Because my my creativity now is racing. I've been given this very vague statement that is somewhat throwaway, but also I should be invested in it because it's like, well. What are they going to do different? And now I'm thinking, well, it, what, let's think about majors uh, as a whole. The focus, the focus is on the fact it's a major, right? That's normally the case with most of the majors. Yeah. I know. I know this is stupid, but I'm actually I, like, humor me here. I'm not. I'm not being an idiot yeah, intentionally. You. I'm with you. So the focus is normally the major. So does that mean that? The, but the focus still has to be the major. You can't pivot away from the focus being the major. So what are we changing? Why I really I'm excited. I want to know what's coming. I want to know what what hard lines and angles the audience traditionally sees at majors. What hard lines would those be? What would be a hard line that someone would traditionally see at a major that they want to move away yeah, from? I think she's just referencing the trophies. Wait, really? This is yeah. just about the trophy? Yeah, she's talking yeah. about like the this hard whole thing lines is just angles. about the it's hard lines and angles of the trophy. And they're going through something. Ah, else. I've misinterpreted this whole thing. <laughs> so I am just an idiot. I was like, where is he going with I this? I thought we were talking about the whole major. No, mate. It's, it's just, just about the trophy. Just the trophy. Just like. The oh trophy. my god, I feel like a fucking idiot. But that's. I thought they were like. I was like, what are we doing different? Like I was like, this is so. I'm because I, I was trying to like extrapolate all these different things that they were going to change. Oh, and really, boy. they literally just well, meant the trophy. Yeah, they just meant the trophy, mate. I, you know, Did, are we sure? He's, he's in shock. Are we sure it's just the trophy? I'm going to link it. Read this. Link I'm going to, no, 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 I need no, no, to no, read no. it. I don't think this is just about the trophy. I, I'm so, I maybe, I don't know. I don't I, think this is going to be just about the trophy. It's going to be really fun, so why can't the major looks and feels be the same? I think they're going for an overall vibe and tone shift for the major. If majors of the past, this year Blast wants to redefine what the major, uh, what a major could look like, introducing bots and blobs into the visual identity. Like I wonder, I wonder if some of the stage design is going to be like more rounded, right? Softer uh, lines, curved edges, rather okay. than rather than like the the angled angled desks of ESL and like square L. Uh, Square, okay. square panels everywhere and everything like that. So I think maybe they're just going to try and soften up, you know, literally the corners of everything. And like, if you, but if we you know that's that, very literal. I guess this is just okay. Yeah, I guess this is probably just in like the the broad. Well, maybe it's live elements as well. But like, because this year we're introducing the blast bots, lovable rogues from the Blast TV universe that act as uh, narrators and guides throughout the major broadcast, making the whole experience and more a more positive, playful space. So that kind of, to me, That's is like Blast is going to have like the the word uh, paperclip. What was the paperclip's name? That guy who was always 
Always helping people. Clippy. Was it Clippy? I think it was Clippy. So Blast is going to have a Clippy, but in the form of these bots. They're, they're okay. already taking our jobs away, Chad. The AI, it's coming. Because <laughs> so like, I, Enjoy a couple so, more years while it lasts, make bank, and then... Well, so am I an idiot? Is it a, is it about everything or is it just a, I'm like I'm still a little bit No, okay. Bit... Now now that I read it, right? It says this year Blast wants to redefine what a major could look like. So it's not just a major trophy, right? Yeah. Like but from initially maybe I wasn't paying as much attention, but yeah, um So if it's just visually, it, I can see a I lot think of things it's just Jason's I don't think about. they're going to ch change. You know, I think it's just as Jason pointed out the, the look of the desk or the, maybe a little bit of the stage, something along those lines, but I, I don't really think they're going to change the way in which they broadcast, you know, the okay. major in a sense of... I don't think they're like, going to change, like, the show flow and, like, show elements and everything like that. But. I think that would be actually very dangerous for them considering, yeah. right, like, their show is actually pretty super solid. Like they're, they're, but they run a really tight ship. Exactly, yeah. right? So this, why, would you, why would you want to change that? Like, that's your biggest strength. Why would you want to jeopardize your biggest strength you know they're, they're in kind of like like a cool position with this being the last i know you're gonna hate this chat but like it being like the the perception of this is going to be like the last csgo major and like sort of end of an era within the community i think you're in the unique position that mlg was in when they did columbus the first major in north america where like the events are already hyped like you can't you can't fuck up the hype so all you have to do is nail the product like don't make you know minimize issues no mistakes just run a clean event you don't have to do anything special and so i'm really kind of curious with how blast is going to handle that because i know they probably want to do some special things too well that's the thing though for, for blast i feel like their two biggest tests are coming up their biggest test is going to be the uh challenger and the legend stage because playoffs we know that they're yeah, going to kill it playoffs are gonna like be awesome. they their arena stuff is what we know. That's their bread and butter. And that's why they have the title right now of, you know, running some of the some of the best events because of how tight of a ship that broadcast runs at these arena events. You know, that cool opening that they run at their full finals, all yep. that kind of jazz. Um, it's these RMRs, which they've outsourced some of it, right? They've outsourced the Asian and the Americas, right? I think. Well, yes. I don't know how... Yes, Americas is outsourced, yep. And I'm pretty sure the one for Asia... Yeah, Asia and Americans. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So the only one they're doing in house is the European one, which is still home court for them. But it's going to be them running two 16 team events home court back to back. So that's like test number one. I think that's where a lot of people are like slightly concerned to see what happens because it is them taking a jump up in the level, uh, the scale, just of the events. sheer volume, yeah. right? Yeah, and then after that is, as I mentioned, the, the Challenger and the Legend stages. And if we get through those without any dramas, like you know for the fact the playoffs is going to be fucking great. Like th that's not even a conversation. I think that one's, the, that one's the safe one. You keep that in your pocket there. So they already have the icing on the cake. Now it's just about building that, that base. So I, I, this is why when you guys are talking about, yeah, the last CSGO major and they, they, they get that headline to lean back on here. Um, if they do anything too crazy or too out of the box, it might it might... I don't know, be jarring with all of that happening at one time. But well, I didn't hate the trophy. Like, I get it. It's not a traditional looking trophy. I don't, I don't, I did look at it and go, yeah, it does look like a Nickelodeon thing, right? But I, I don't know. What's a trophy meant to look like? Is it, what's the trophy meant to represent? Is the trophy meant to look good? And that's what we're, because at the majors, it's not like we're chasing like a legacy trophy traditionally. 
we're, tr we're chasing like a one-off trophy. We're not chasing something that will be returning unless it was like a Katowice or something like that that had it in the past. I think so what, what should the trophy be defined by? Here's my, my biggest issue is I don't mind the way it looks at all. I think it's kind of cool in a way. Char I don't know, charming maybe. But I, I can you imagine like the trophy lift at the end of the event, like on the stage? Like that's that's my issue is I can't visualize a trophy lift. With it's also well, as long as it doesn't purple, fall dudes. apart. Like why is it fucking purple? Like why oh, the Twitch community voted? Why the fuck does the community hate us saying this shit? Like I, I, I'm telling you, half of the people who voted for purple, they did it to troll, man. It's just like you're just trolling. Like it's just because it, it, it looks worse. And then you're like, well, I don't know if it looks worse because the slime is yellow and then the yellow one. I have no idea. And this is what I want. I want fucking Valve to step in, design a fucking trophy, and it's the same for every fucking major. And it's like yeah, the Stanley Cup, cool. and you have the names of the of the players who won. Uh, in, inscribed is that the word yeah. yes yeah yeah, yeah onto yeah. the trophy and you have that and then it helps yeah. to build the narratives and sure you can organize the tournament but we make the fucking trophy so so we can avoid this bullshit so we can avoid star ladder and the, the trophy falling apart as, you want to give a you want to give the stanley cup stanley cup treatment exactly man like yeah. something like that you have the lombardi obviously in the in the NFL, the NBA one, I mean, the trophies are also iconic. Football, you have the the goddess, like, it's fucking amazing, the trophy, right? And obviously, mm. Blast goes all out with the, not Blast, Valve goes all out with the trophy, you know? Yeah, no, I, I like that. I, li I, I like that idea because Valve are obviously not going to run the events, but they could have, like, they could be the ones to provide the legacy trophy, right? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think Gabe, of that. Fucking, fucking Gabe gives it away. <laughs> no well, more we don't, of this. Why more we, of does it have to be Gabe? Could it, could it be Dota getting uh, Gabe? We want Gabe. No, we, we, don't, Gabe. we don't need Gabe. No, Why don't we take... We don't. I'm just trolling. We can take one of the other devs. Yeah, They're can, all lovely can, people. Can, and they could even, you know, uh, swap every major. Yeah, have a different dev. And to present the trophy is such and such lead sound designer for the AWP scope. Right? We could get that happening. That'd be sweet. And then, you know, also the guy in charge of, let's say, uh, visuals or or, 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 gun, or gun recoil, and then he maybe gets a boo or he gets a cheer, depending on how good of a job the crowd thinks he did. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, what if we, we could maybe, we could, the guy who cashes the checks that come on in to do with all, this, uh, all the, the key openings. <laughs> yeah. They get that guy I mean, to come I was, out. I, and, didn't uh, wanna, I didn't want to hold be that, that year's guy. check in front of him. Okay, <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy, but I also want to say, Chad, for your idea to make it like two weeks, and you know, it's not as, um, what was the word you said, uh, appealing for TOs sometimes, like to do yeah. the RMR part of it. Just, just wow! Just give a milli. Just give one million <laughs> to, to the TO. Just, just sweeten the deal, man. Just like you know, just sweeten here's, the here's deal. Here's the issue. You know, like. That that's it, and I know. What's that's the not money? How what's the works. money for? Is the money just for running costs? Uh, or I, the Valve paying the TO to run the event? Uh, I guess a little bit of both, because yeah, okay. they're not gonna get as much. You know, if if the qualif if the RMR is prolonged and there's more bad teams, the viewership isn't going to be as good. The costs are higher, and you know whatever is you know just sweeten the deal a little bit. You know, just. Just tie a little bit. It's not, it's not Toss too much. a little bit more, a little extra cheddar. 
Well, that that's why like so if Valve pay for like if Valve pay for all the flights right and hotels if Graham Pitt's listening he'll let me know but I'm pretty sure that they they I thought they, they did anyway yeah, they so if they pay for all of that I think outside of that what they're starting to pay for goes into what the tournament organizer is planning to do and I think like if I give a company that likes to spend money more money they're just going to spend the money right like what kind of budget could you give Valve? Like I could go up and go, yo, give me a billion dollars. I run the best event you've ever seen. Like where's, what's the cap? Like, I, I imagine, and well, how do you know you're not budget, being fucking right? fleeced? Yeah, but it's, it's not like, you know, that is also up to in your pitch to say, you know, maybe give some, I don't know. That's why, that's why I only threw the, through the idea, you know, it's kind of, I know it's, that's not going to happen. That's not how things really work. But that would be definitely a way because they don't also pay. They don't pay for talent like they pay for players only and that stuff. But they don't pay for, you know, travel and and and. Uh, yeah, but that's because I honestly think talent. that they would. So they'd be fine, Yanko. Just they'd just be like, "Yo, it's fine. Just put the fucking GoTV IP out there and stream exactly, it without any casters." Right. They'd be like, "Just just put the shit on the air." It's like we don't have to pay for this shit. If people want to watch, they'll fucking watch. Yeah, and like, you and you pitch us in a way where it's worth it for you. You know, like. And that's it. You know, we're, we're thinking if we're picking you, you guys have pitched this to us because it's worth it for you in some capacity. That doesn't have to mean you're making money off of this one event, but maybe it's whatever. Use it for promotion of, I don't know, right? Like, I understand that. That's why I'm saying, like, for them, it, it, it makes perfect sense. But wouldn't it Could be you nice imagine, chance? though... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Really, imagine, imagine how many. How, oh, I almost said the c word. Imagine how many of the fucking damn dogs would come out of the closet. And I don't actually mean they're dumb. I, I was, just, I was gonna say a, just a dogs. bad. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so people would come out of the closet to run Counter Strike events if Valve like put like stickers or sprays or something in for the TO to run like an RMR or something. Like if it was printing money, if there was some form of value behind it, every man and his dog would be coming out to run Counter Strike events. They'd be fucking loving it. Yeah. They'd be they'd be ready for all of that shit. It is it is just a weird conundrum that we've but I think we'll develop. Like that's for me, I hope to one day like not be watching, not be having Counter-Strike as a fixture in arenas as the spectacle. Like to know that every Friday and Saturday night somewhere, there's like an arena with two or three or like a little smaller studio area or whatever with two or three thousand people packed in like a fucking UFC fight in the early days or something all knowing and understanding and getting to watch in a fun viewing experience which isn't like a concert like that's what I want where it, it, you feel like it's the competition where the rawness of the land like the people there they get that feeling they get that vibe they they understand the game enough they're not being presented something on a, on, on a stage to them and they're not even looking at the people competing they're looking at just the screens and like that's my dream that's my dream for Counter-Strike guys thanks for listening that's a beautiful dream yeah. I was just thinking about the way <laughs> in which we could get voice voice lines from you guys into the game, but That'll it's like never But it's hard because you can't do it while in the round is going on because, you know, people could maybe abuse it and you can't just mute audio because, you know, in matchmaking you have to communicate through the in-game thing, right? I guess or so maybe if you had a command to just mute those messages and still be able to use the mic potentially. So then I'm thinking maybe freeze time, but in freeze time you can't do it either because, well, you're also talking to figure stuff out in the round. You're explaining what you want to do if you're on the T side. So maybe, maybe it's just this thing where it's, you know how in CS2 now you have that screen where it's all five of you with your skins and everything? Yeah, yeah. So in that one, it's like it, it pops up 
one by one and then you know when your character pops up it says the line you know like chad screaming this is sensational i see what you're doing there okay. i i didn't tell you guys i actually have a voice line in the game uh i did the did the video for for daryl the agent skin so um what did you really? The guy's Australian. No, the guy's Australian. <laughs> there was, the, guy, the guy's an Aussie. Oh, kid. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Did yeah. you really expect us to know like the backstory of the, the different models? <laughs> well, he sounds, he sounds Australian, man. Uh, did you actually do it or you're trolling? No, of course I'm trolling. <laughs> I don't know, maybe like I don't know that. I, maybe they had a. I don't know who did that. Probably a professional voice actor. Chad, did, or, you, did you? Did oh, you? Tell so what do you the... need to be? What do you need if you're a professional voice actor? Uh, good understanding of the power and inflection of said voice to deliver. Oh, fuck off, I Dude, didn't think you were going to like, come up with that. So fast. It's really hard. When we did that, uh, <laughs> when we did that animated thing that Harry scripted, that DHL one, yeah. um, the Scorpion, whatever yeah, yeah, with yeah. the yeah, with yeah. the rocket. When we did that, we were sitting in TeamSpeak together trying to like actually do like readings. And Harry was like, oh, you know, that's what this, because we didn't know what the scenes looked like. We only had the text. Yeah. So like, I could just sit there and read it and try and envision it myself, but we did it all together. And like working out when to have the right, the right inflection emotion, and shit. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it's really difficult. It's not yeah. fucking easy. But uh, that it was fun doing that. I really enjoyed Harry's Harry's a little whiz kid, that fucking kid. Um. All right, boys. What are we? We've been going for two hours uh, and twenty six minutes. RMR what do we want to do? A, RMR B now. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I, got about, I, mean, I got about twenty to thirty one minutes, and then I got to go be daddy. Yeah, understandable, mate. We get it. You got responsibility. I'll be your now. daddy, Chad, if you need me. Can I just be? Well, you know, I'm. Well, I'm listen. My own, if, if Jason only has like twenty thirty minutes, do we want to? take some questions now then or well i think we can talk about this and like people can poke some questions because we can open up the chat now uh we can we can break we can open up the chat now so we haven't had the chat open or at least i haven't had the chat open uh, and i advise the two of you to keep the chat closed so we could just do what we would normally do live and people can listen if they want to listen and they don't have to listen so now with chat open if people want to ask some questions and we can talk about them here it can be related to anything we've spoken about now don't ask us a question like such and such has just joined this team. What do you think if they haven't played any officials? It's like, it's, it's really hard to do stuff like that. Like that's like really difficult, those questions. But if we get some questions in here that are, are good ones, we can give them a, give them a go. Um, IRL questions too. I'll answer some, some outside of Counter-Strike stuff if people want to chit chat about that. Um, but let's, let's just reflect on group uh, B while these questions pile up and then we can bounce all over the place. Where are we at here? Group B. Okay. All right. Let me read these out. Heroic, Cloud9, Big, Ents, Vitality, NIP, Spirit, Nine, G2, Eternal Fire, Astralis, Monty, iNation, Aurora, Fours, and 500. There's some fucking killers in there, man. Most important things first. Yeah, what's iNation going to look like? Um, they're, they've been boot camping for a while, man. Like they're, they're going to come in as prepared as they could can be. And big first game... I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, to be honest, like, if I have to be frank, I, I would be very surprised if they made it. Uh, this is, like, the biggest achievement for them in a long time. But ever since they, they did make it here, it seems like they got a boost in confidence, right? So they've been playing better in some of these Tier 2, Tier 3 tournaments. They're the lowest-ranked team in that group, uh, ranked 43 in the world as of right now. But, man, you know how it is in the RMR, Anything can happen. It's gonna. Yep. They're going to need a good amount of luck if they're going to do it. Um, I'm gonna head in one of these days. 
to Check their bootcamp actually to yeah to see how it's going. Um, so yeah, uh, I I wouldn't expect them to go through. I'm hoping that you know they at least get a couple of wins on the board, something make it a little bit exciting and make one of these teams sweat their ass cheeks off. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's gonna. You guys are right. This is the far more competitive group. Yeah, like because when you're talking about like Aurora and Fours in the mix in this group, right? Like it's fucking crazy here. Eternal Fire, like even Monty have some some names in. That's SDY's team, right? And they did that April Fools joke. That was that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, this is this is a very scary group from top to bottom. This is competitive Counter Strike nonstop. I think I Nation here of Yanko are in a bit of. Uh, Pickle. In some in some fucking hot water, mate. <laughs> it's not that I'm not believing. It's just that they've they're fucking they're in there. They're in there like swimwear. That is rough. That is fucking rough. Holy shit! This is fucking crazy. I mean, there's no there, there's not a single team in here that you can say like they're really really crap. Com- complete. Holy you know, like shit! They, they somehow lucked into this, right? Like all of these teams have had some decent results some wins like on a good day they can upset one of these teams like yeah probably i mean 500 i nation aurora those are like probably the 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 three teams that you're kind of looking at and being yeah these are the three of the weakest teams um monty maybe after that but they've had some good results the problem is you know you have g2 and astralis in this group that had to come from the open qualifier like that's that skews it a little bit Dude. Yeah, I think balanced out a little bit by like a team like NIP though. I know they're always in striking distance, but like they're not. Uh, I don't think they they have a sound base. They could very easily lose. Vitality uh, Astralis right out of the gates is crazy as well. On day like, one, NIP Eternal Fire. Sure, that's not a map. That's not a match where I'm sitting here going NIP have got this easily. That's fucking scary, man. That's a hard game. I yeah. don't. I don't have any faith in NIP. Like that team just feels off. I don't think they're they have like a good atmosphere in a sense. So I think it's just like one of those teams that that, that team exists and it's made together and the players are playing and trying and you know they're doing it but it just feels off. It feels wrong like yeah. it doesn't feel like a like a true team to me. I don't know why. No, you I I think a lot of people get that feeling with them at the moment and I'm not sure if they'll grow into anything either. Um but we'll have to we'll have to the jury's still out on that. I don't know like a vitality a shoe in here. I, this is a super important event for them. Pressure's been their biggest nemesis. They've got playing be. Astralis opening game. They've got to be. That's a that's I a know crazy they've be. opening game. Yeah, I think they'll make it, but I think they. I think it's going to be close. I think they'll be one of the two two teams. That's my like. Uh, that's my Furia Liquid. Like they have to qualify. Yeah, like that's like the same type of feeling. They have to qualify, but you know, there's just that too big of a chance that they won't. Well, and especially yeah. because pressure has been the, the the problem for them, right? For exactly ever since this lineup was formed, really. Uh, and you go back, you look at that ends game at pro league playoffs, and it's just some really inexplicable decision making and, and individual play from from some of the the players on the team and throwing away rounds and whatnot. It's just like really, you would have hoped for a lot more from them at this point in time. And also, I want to give a shout out to Hooksy, man. Like, he's been very opinionated on some of those casts. And he did mention something that I didn't really think about. It's like, okay, Art gets his criticism for, you know, his style of play and for Fury and everything. But what about Apex in Vitality? 
you know, where he's like also on some apps, he plays yard on Nuke, right? Like he has some of the more uh, important positions like that ends game. Like the way he was dying, playing gap on vertigo, CT side, like that's just, I mean, really, really bad. It's pretty much probably what lost him the game. You know, so at some point you're like, okay, you're doing a lot for this team in terms of leading, in-game leading and, and whatnot, but you need to rein it back a little bit when it comes to the the play mm. yeah i i don't know i i always feel that there's a method to the madness with vitality that's kind of where i've kind of been in this holding pattern it's similar kind of thought as what i have with liquid it, it's still it's competitive enough like is it going to be consistently the world's best team no i don't see that uh i don't see that as an option with these guys like as the roster is right now unless something drastically changes um, but they can definitely be a competitive team who could strike and lift a trophy. So that's that's and I I don't it's not that I'm reasoning it away. It's just that I'm aware that not everybody we're not going to have well at the moment we don't have a dynasty team. We don't have an Astralis. We're not in that type of an era of Counter Strike at the moment. So we're in a period where, and I think if you look at a lot of the trophies that have been won in the last like spread, they have been very spread out. There haven't been too many repeat offenders as far as putting silverware in the cabinet goes. It's been a, uh, quite patchy for everybody. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think Vitality will consistently be a number one team in the world, but they can be deadly. Right? So there's always that conundrum. I'm just reflecting on some of these questions here. Uh, let me see what we, we got here. Someone's asking about Nexa. What's going on with Nexa? Does anyone know what's going on with Nexa? Uh, it says he's out through the major cycle. So I'm assuming that means if they qualify, he comes back for the major. That's kind I, of I, I, just, well. I think the whole cycle, I guess, yeah. so probably after after Blast. Like Taco. Yeah. Oh, he can't play in the major at all. Even, damn. Well, they could, I guess they could sub him in, um, but... You'd have to have him listed as the sub instead of your coach then, right? You'd have to put yeah. him in the coach slot. Yeah. Jason, someone's asking, how uh, is Purple Goo charming? I don't know, man. I was I was really digging deep on that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not go back to the trophy. God bless. All right. Uh, someone asked a question of, did we meet Gabe? No. Did I meet Gabe? Uh, oh, you know, Chad, did you ever tell the story when they took us into, like, the sound recording room that they did, like, all the different footstep sounds in? I was, like, kind of on the peripheries talking to one of the devs when you guys were oh, in Oh, yeah. We went I wasn't... Into the I wasn't we went into the little cubby and they had literally all like the different ground material in the game. Like oh, the, to make fo the to, foley noises. Yeah, to like make to like get all the all the sounds recorded for what they need. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. Oh, damn, that's cool. Yeah, sweet. I didn't I didn't tell that story because I I was I was yeah yeah I remember that, that. Room, you were so. you were chatting. That was the last day. I was hanging right. back. I was being a chatty Kathy. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Someone wants to know how PGL got CS2 major so fast. Did they have a tender at least? I would assume. Right, because this separation, I had this conversation a bit already, but again, the CS2, CSGO separation that everyone's building as a great divide that Moses is parting the waters of, um, the, it's it's not that massive of a divide. I think that's been overblown. People thinking this is such a, it's kind of just a transition. It's more of a name uh, sake, right, where that transition is happening as well as obviously some things with the game. Uh, but I would imagine, at least from the rumors that we had heard that, PGL were probably going to be running the major for Perfect World at the end of this year, and now with the CS2 release, they're just going to push that until next year. That's kind of where I'm at with that whole yeah, scenario. That's, that's I don't know how accurate I, that is. That's the angle I took with it. Since PGL does the English production for Perfect Worlds, that they were just given the next major because they're technically already on the next major. 
Yeah. Uh, so that that one explains itself away right there. There's one Someone said, t- "Yeah." There's one about the, <clears throat> the guy said he also sent an email about it. So I feel like we we should really hold in on this one. Matthias is asking about rhyme or reason behind a half by, because like the next time I see a seven sixteen Yakindar get an M four while. 1712 NAF plays a 57 in in uh, I'm going to lose my shit. I think the problem is it's not only looking at who's hot like you said it yourself like you're, it's it's not based on on the name it's more on position like Ikinder yeah. plays like banana on inferno right so he's going to probably see a lot more action early on or he has a set play he wants to do, and he's also a more aggressive sort of a player so you give it to NAF him will have more chances to pick up guns in the round yeah, something along those lines. But I will say that there's definitely a problem with teams where they spend too much money in half buys, you know, and I hate seeing that, especially when they have a big lead. It's like, okay, you can afford a pistol and armor or a pistol and a couple of nades. You're up and uh, the loss bonus is coming up, but don't buy so much where then you have to play, you know, either with a weaker gun in the gun round, a FAMAS or something like that, or where you only have like one smoke and a flash, right? And you're playing B on Inferno. That's not yeah. worth it for you to have a deagle, an armor, and a smoke in a half buy. So, unless you're planning on saving that armor, <laughs> exactly. Sometimes even on the T side, depending on the map and on the score. Like if you're playing, if you're playing T side overpass, right, and you're up fourteen eight or fourteen nine, but that's them winning a couple of rounds in a row already. Teams should consider doing a Glock eco simply to have money left even after the buy like let's say you buy full you have everything you need and you still have 1200 in the bank or 800 even or a thousand like that way even if you lose without a plant with max loss bonus you can still buy ak's right so if the only thing you need this is especially useful when you're at 15 right like so if you only need a round or two rounds give yourself as many full full gun rounds as possible to win the game right instead of banking on you know a scout or a one dig or something like that sure maybe sometimes get a little bit or also if you're phase then do it but i think teams over overspend in, in the I, I, I do like some of these rounds though where like we'll see one m4 get bought up and maybe like a couple of people will buy like a pistol and kevlar so if they have money right yeah, and, hero and you AKs. see yeah i like that on either side because these players are so good that they can they first of all they can capitalize off of understanding what a team's tendencies or setups are right and then if they're able to predict correctly and find that opening pick well then they understand what comes next oh we've got this kill here we know there's space to get this gun we know what they're likely reaction is going to be you have a different set of like puzzle pieces that you're shifting at the very high level and so like if somebody is able to find that impact with that rifle um then they can it can really determine around and I, look outsiders are sorry vp is a good example uh now i have to say sorry for doing it the other way uh v, vp is the example where like they do a, a lot of these one rifle and four of the players are on eco and just try and use that ak to find impact but that's obviously more applicable when the economy is close right and you can make sure that you're continuing to find damage. Like if you buy in an AK and you get two kills with that AK and sure, next round you have to rock, I don't know, a fucking Tech 9 or some shit like that. At least you kept their economy low. They had to drop some guns. Like you're keeping them at that breaking point. Because while each round of yeah. Counter-Strike is its own minute and 55 seconds, the common thread that takes us through the entire 15 rounds of the half is the economy. And we only reset that once, right? So, so many of the decisions are tied to that common thread. 
And if those decisions don't pay off, right? Like force buying consistently, like we talk about it as such a huge risk. And I reckon it happens maybe one out of a hundred occasions where the CTs will have like lost rounds, but have killed like four players on the other side or have killed all five and like died to the bomb or like saved a gun or whatever. And then have gone for like lost pistol, killed everybody and saved a gun on the second, but still lost the round and then force bought again on the third. And like, if you lose that as the CT on that third time force bite and you don't save, you're fucked. Like you can, your whole game can go down the drain in that moment. But on the other side, your whole game can open up because you win that next round. Then they have to take a force. They only have some fucking P250s and shit. You win that. Now they're eco. Things are level, like 3-3. Three, three. And that's the real difference in these strings of rounds. And why that, why the risk decision-making being outside of the norm needs to be highlighted so much in good and bad. Like as you took this risk and it paid off, great. Now you've set yourself up. You took this risk and it failed. Now you could potentially be fucked. Right, like that, and those are some of the bigger keys outside of individual decision making in a in a match of Counter Strike. Uh, what other questions we got coming in here? There've been some other bits and bobs. Uh, Novi, how are you feeling about CS2 now that you've got a couple of weeks of playtime? Do you feel like the progress with the full release? Uh, do you feel good about the progress with the full? Re- um, yes and no. I maintain the position that I think we're going to head in the right direction. I don't know if we're heading there yet. Like I feel like some of the bigger complaints that people have been having and things that like I've noticed, I don't know even know how how to describe the problem, let alone the fix. Like that clip that Adren put up with like the desync on the Deagle, I don't know even know if that was fixed. Like I know they had something in the in the patch notes that had some, but I don't know if that's directly tied to it. The movement, I think people people are bang on. The movement doesn't feel as responsive, but what is that a cause of? Is that like, wh- where is that issue coming from? Like if these things could be highlighted and demonstrated, I don't know if I like the fact that smokes last longer, even though you can nade them open. That There's a lot of these things that the the jury's out on that are probably small adjustments, but have a big impact. And, and I don't know where we start on finding or fixing them because I'm not... I'm not smart enough. I'm I'm smart enough to know something's wrong. I'm not smart enough to know what the thing that wrong, that's wrong is, let alone how to fix it. I think so, the I think um, the adren thing is just we're gonna have to trust the devs are going to fix that because I I wouldn't even know. There's probably some smart people who know how to fix something like that, but I imagine that don't. I'm curious how many bugs are being like reported as well, right? Like because they put out the email to be able to send them stuff to. The the patches have been there's been a couple, right? And the game's only been out for what two weeks as of Wednesday. So yeah, it's going to be a process. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry for the sneeze. Uh, Yeah. I'm enjoying it though. It's just, it's, it's at the point where it's kind of hard. I can't play anymore. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't, I can't play anymore. Matchmaking dust twos. It's not even fun. It's not even like playing dust two anymore. It's just like a rush festival everywhere you look. Yeah, like, and, and this is the thing. The way you play Dust 2 isn't running up meter into lower dark every round at, like, any decent level of Counter-Strike. Like, that's, that's, this game is just, like, playing a public server at the moment. And there's, because it's unranked, which is fine because it's just a beta, uh, it's the disparity in the teammates is, is it's, it's not fun. Like, it's not. The only thing that you should be playing this for right now is to try and find what feels different and how can we make it feel the same. There should be no playing this game for any competitive pursuit. It should just be for the sheer curiosity of trying to find problems solve problems or understand the differences that should be the only reason because there's no unless they're doing those 10 mans and stuff which is also slightly defeat like unless they're writing down all their bugs and shit which they might be i don't want to speak to them having or not but yeah fuck dust too man i can't play any more of that shit (laughs) 
I like uh, <clears throat> would Mao's with Zaiwo instead of Torji be better than current Vitality? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Immeasurably more. more like, without Zaiwo, that team is. That's NIP a, slash OG slash. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, Yanko, a... are you sure? What? <laughs> are, you, are, you, are, you cer- are you certain that's the case? I am absolutely positive. Okay, all right. Sorry, I just had to check. I wasn't, I wasn't sure oh, that Davey's you were certain about that. Davey. He Ugh. said there's a small delay between your left quick and when the gun shoots, Chad. I felt like something a little bit... Something's off. Yeah, something's a little bit off, and without the proper net graph or anything, like I, I, I don't know if it's, you know, the game and the ticks and the internet, or is it the shooting and the, exactly, the performance, right? and that's that's bothering me because I mean, without that, I can't give you feedback. I can just give you something's off, and you can't, you and you can't do anything with something's off. I could sit there and I could make like videos directly comparing a lot of stuff, but I don't know. There has to be like a list of, yeah, these things we actively want to be different because we know that they want the HUD to be different, right? Jason kind of helped, uh, helped solve that mystery right there. Um, but then, okay, so what things do they want to be, this, like, the, to be the same? Do they want the movement to be the same? Is it possible for the movement to be the same? Should we try and find ways to replicate that? Then we might need access back to a couple more console commands because they got rid of fucking, well, get pause doesn't help with any of that, but they did get rid of get pause, which is real sad, man. It's real sad. Real sad for all the observers bring, out there. Bring back some of them, like once the game is out and, you know, maybe not everything is in place for those commands to be there. I know some of them are intentionally out, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. What do you think about coaches not being able to talk in RMR, even in timeouts? Which teams do you think will be affected the most? They can talk in the RMR, can't they? They're just not allowed to be animated and stuff. Just during yeah. timeouts. <clears throat> What? Uh, yeah, that's actually that's the same way it is everywhere. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah the only yeah. the only difference is they're not allowed to show like they're any emo- to like they, they high yeah. five pat on the backs. Coaches coaches are basically being put in like a little playpen where it's but you've been naughty, you use the coach bug, and now you're very limited. That's yeah. what I think about that. I think this is this yeah. is Daddy, aka Jason, who's just had a little kid take a shit all over the fucking carpet yeah. as a three year old should know better. Sure, and now he's right. had to go stay in the fucking playpen, mate, because you've you've fucking ruined me carpet. Yeah, that's gonna suck. <clears throat> yeah, but I I think they that it is what it is. I don't think it's great for coaches. No, it, I can't. It, it sucks for coaches, and I mean it, it sucks for us as well because I mean you know that, that's that's just emotions taken out of the game, right? Like it was awesome seeing the coaches like fucking stomping behind their teams. Yeah, just I mean that's that's an intense experience standing behind a team in a big big game a big tournament and the emotions of it are, are fucking mental. I was losing my shit absolutely. <laughs> yeah, especially at the major. I remember the first major in, in London with MIBR do that NIP game to to qualify for the playoffs like the third map. I was just at that point you're just whatever whatever I can do to help like give the the, the players just that little bit of extra oomph. Let's let's do it. Yep. Uh, this this individual has asked this question several times, so we'll uh, we'll answer it. Persistence works around here, apparently. What do we think of lower brackets in playoffs? Um, in terms of a playoff, like for a, a traditional arena, it's probably not going to be possible with the way things are structured now. If events were structured a little bit differently, 
if we had events go through stages uh, and then only finding maybe the quarterfinals, the semifinals, maybe even just the semifinals and the grand final being in the arenas and the rest of the game's happy to be more of a studio environment or more of like a face-to-face -face type environment or no, more of fuck like it, a... fuck it, no. No, no? playoff lower bracket. Fuck right. you, you get one chance in the playoffs. You get two chances in the groups. You get one chance in the playoffs. That's it. It's the playoffs. There's no okay. double. It's single elimination. There's this what one game. What if there's game, no group stage? What if it's just a playoff bracket? Or what if it's just a bracket? Well, that's, what if the whole well, event is structured the, differently? But well, that's the tournaments now, Chad. That's it. Like The group is the bracket and you have lower bracket. Like That's Cologne. That's Katowice. Yeah, you're kind of right. So, well, yeah. I think it's. I think it'd yeah. be kind of cool. I don't think it would work in any event we have now. But I like, wouldn't. I don't want. I don't want. Up I don't want. That. I don't want Phase to beat G two in the opening game, uh, in the playoffs, right? And then for G two to come back and and beat them the second time, and that's and and they win the tournament because of it. Like I don't want that. That's crap. That's dog shit rapping to catch it. It's different when Phase beat them in groups and then they meet again in the playoffs and then G two beats them. I mean that's a bit. Unfortunate that it went that way, but you know it's different stages of the tournament, and you can obviously meet again in, at some point, whether it's even in the grand final. So, but I always hated that. I hated that as a viewer, as talent, <laughs> as a competitor. Like I played the same team twice in the same stage, but just because they beat me the correct time, they get way more than I do. Fuck off. That's a fair criticism. That's fair. What about um? Where are we here? Uh, someone is asking about the what we think about the alcohol sponsor with Blast. Uh, they have an alcohol I think, sponsor. I think Who they. Is it? I think. I think. What was it? Let me have a look. Part of me wants to say Smirnoff, but I, I don't think that's true. I mean, I think it's I awesome. Don't. Personally. Well, yeah. I I think someone says like we have like we have gambling sponsors, right? So, yeah. uh, it's not like. Oh, here, we, absolute. Okay, that's Absol sick. Absolute oh, vodka. Yeah, um, I. Uh, Absolute Vodka. They have Jameson as well. They have three. Oh, they have okay. Jamo as a sponsor. Hell yeah! Is is Ballantine's alcohol as well? Yeah, it is staying it's true. Crappy okay, alcohol, but okay. Well, they have those. They Jameson have those is three. the best out of the three. I'll yeah, say it that, is. especially for a shot I, shot of Jameson. Yeah, baby. I think I think the thing is like there's certain stuff which which holds a lot of things back. Like alcohol is something that people a lot of people drink, a lot of people buy. It's a big industry, right? It's a lot of same as gambling, um, but for me, man, uh, like I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's our interest, industry and whatever. But for me, gambling is the worst vice. You know, I, I don't think anything can ruin you as much as gambling well, like and alcoholics also, who are also are gambling degenerates, well, right? Like the that's, the, that's the combo. <laughs> that's the winner's combo. Okay. But, but my, my point here is like the extremes of anything is bad, right? Like the, there's there's always going to be. The, that end of the spectrum that is overdoing something or it's destructive and stuff like that. Like, if you if you drink too much alcohol, right? You you well, you can die of alcohol poisoning, right? You can get like gangrene and shit in your feet. You can you can get fucked up from alcohol, alcohol, or you can be like a degenerate gambler and you can rob your family members to gamble and try and get that feeling of what a, what a win feels like. But the the problems like these vices are where people find themselves. I think they would find themselves in something bad eventually, right? We can't kind of protect everybody from making shit decisions. We should just educate them that these things are uh, very easy for the human brain to get addicted to or whatever. They could, this does for happen sure. to people and there I are ways that you can get help, right? I don't trust a person that doesn't have a single vice. 
That's fair. Not yeah, that well, yeah, everyone, everyone has one some bite. weird degen shit, it, right? It, like, everyone one, has some weird degen shit. Right, a person shit. that doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, doesn't do anything. They're, like, by the book from top to bottom. Like, that, they, then they have, like, something inside that's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's really wrong that's going to come out sooner or later, man. Like, I don't know yeah, how to describe it. Yeah, the genie out of the bottle, it. man. Like, every, everyone has to have something like i don't smoke like and i've never tasted a cigarette in my life but i drink i like to have a drink and that's all right you know i don't gamble and that's my vice like alcohol is my vice you know and i try not to overdo it i think that's getting better as i'm older jason can testify to that for sure you know like it's just it's, it's just one of those things like you need to have something to you know you've had like whatever shit day this or that and yeah, so it's not unusual though, right, Yanko? Like what we're seeing right here with this this tradition, it, you'd see that in regular sports. Oh, in, hell yeah. They're some of the they, biggest biggest advertisers and, and sponsors of, of traditional sports in America. Right, so I don't, I don't see anything kind of weird or bad about this. So my thoughts about it is congratulations on getting some sponsors. Um, yeah, I just and these are these are good sponsors to have coming coming in as well. Like they they can be interested, and they can be creative, and I mean it's it's valuable for for everyone in the scene, to be quite honest, just from that perspective too. And I mean I, we know it's going to be done as respo- like responsibly. So. Well, we have we have like more uh, like this is the thing to buy alcohol, right? You you need to have ID, and well, all the places I'm come from to buy the alcohol. We should get a beer Obviously. sponsor. Well, the podcast, yeah. Yeah. Any alcohol right. sponsor, man. Like, just, I mean, you see any of the live episodes we do? That's <laughs> a treasure trove. <laughs> yeah, that's that true. Shit. But I think it's that that's an easy way to sell a sponsorship. Like, even if you're a TO, I know Blast was doing some of those post shows in 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 um, doing spring group doing groups and all of that. Uh, like we did, or were kind of toying with it at Pro League, something along the lines. So you just do that, sponsored by. Bud Light, and we're just Bud Lights on the table, and we're drinking Bud Lights, talking about Counter Strike. Like that's so so easy. It's it's also organic almost. I do like a Bud Light. Yeah. Yeah. Or right, Jason, you said you had to get going shortly. Yeah, at some point I gotta go relieve. Uh, Have we reached that time? Yeah, we're about there. Can... All right, we've almost <laughs> done three hours. So yeah, just give a shout out. Hours. Just give a shout out to the guy who said. Can't wait for Nico to be introduced as the absolute player of the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good shot. The purest that's aim. That'd be great. That's a good shot. Triple filter. Oh dear. All right. Uh, let's let's sign off. I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly change some shit with the stream before we say goodbye. Just oh, how do I get out of this? All right. Well, Boomer Virtual back at it. Let us know, guys, if you what what you think about this episode. Like it? You didn't like it? Yeah, That's we're it. experimenting. We're, we're trying something something different, you know. Something yeah. new. It's been a slow week. All right, I'm going to stop the stream and then to. I'm going to turn it off. Goodbye, everybody. GGs. Bye. Oh, wait, we were doing Audacity as well? or? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. The chat. I already gave him like a heart attack that one time. It would be too much. <laughs> All good. <laughs>